I think we live, my G's. Let's go. It's game time. I see you, girl. I see you. Happy Saturday, motherfuckers. Check one, check two. Is everybody in? Is everybody motherfucking in? Can I get a motherfucking amen? Amen. <laughs> Wait, amen. hold on. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen? There we go, baby. There we go. We are all blessed, baby. We are alive and we are breathing and we have our freedom, baby. You know what I mean? Um, I want to say this. If you are not part of the solution, you are a part of the problem. I like that. So how do we fix this? Should we take his head off and put it on a spike? No? Then what's the solution? Next off, I want to say my condolences to those that lost life in Florida, in the Florida apartment building that collapsed. That's crazy. I believe over 20 uh, pronounced dead and over 100 are still lost in the rubble. That's, I don't know what happened with that, bro. Construction, code wasn't up when they built that. I don't know how old the building, but that is a huge tragedy. I don't know what time, what time of the uh, night or day did that happen? It was in the morning. It was in the morning when people were still yeah. fucking sleeping. Yeah. It's like the worst time. I, I, was, I saw this story, this interview with this lady who said like, um, she, uh, she saw her ceiling crack. And she automatically like, oh, I gotta fucking leave. And her and her husband ran down as they're fucking, as, as it was collapsing. Yeah, and they made it out. Wow. <sighs> I could not imagine. How was your morning? Did you anybody have to go through that? No. Nah? You blessed. Absolutely. My condolences to 
all of those individuals, all those families who were affected by that. Um, today's guest, we have a man, in my metaphoric opinion, right? We all see things differently, you know what I mean? I kind of see things in, a, in art forms, in art shapes. Um, I feel like this homie was put in, I'm, I'm gonna skip what I wrote, and I'm just gonna go off what I, the way I see it. I feel like this homie right here was buried in a, buried alive in a glass casket. As he's looking up from the hole, who does he see? He sees district attorney, he sees judge, he sees crying family members, right? And he's getting buried alive. The dirt is hitting the top of the glass casket. And he can't do nothing about that at the time. But somehow, some way, this man found a way to rise about his own gravesite, right? I want everybody to give it up out of Watts, California. Everybody give it up for Caesar. Let's go, baby. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. You're doing good, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah, you look, you look, you look good. You look healthy. You got the, you know, I love the jersey you're wearing, bro. You know what I mean? Representing with the with the Watts hat. You know what I mean? Watts state of mind. Watts state of mind, baby. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, dog. You know what I mean? Um, uh, for those that don't know your story, you were sentenced. So what I want to do, bro, and we didn't talk about this prior, which we should have. But what I want to do is I'm gonna t I'm gonna tell. So you were sentenced to 30 years to life. For a gang crime you didn't commit, mm -hmm. you served 25 of those years, and you found a way to get out. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But what I want to do, bro, is I want to start from the beginning. I want you to tell your story. I want you to, 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 to take it back when you were a kid, you know, when you, how you were raised up, mm -hmm. and what got you to that point, mm -hmm. and then how you managed to get through all those years and then how you got out of prison from being sentenced to a life sentence well first of all bro uh, lucky thank you man thank you for this opportunity to be on your podcast uh, like i said this is my first time being live and um, i think the nerves are starting to go away but i'm gonna start from the beginning so at 17 years old i get my door kicked in right by the sheriff's department Firestone Police Department. I get arrested. And I remember they telling me, you know, we got a warrant out for your arrest. And I'm like, man, I ain't got no tickets. Like, what do you mean? That's, that's the only thing that came to my mind that I would think about there was a warrant out for my arrest. And he's like, no, this is for the murder of such and such. And I was like, what? What the fuck? So, you know, they raid my house. They raid a couple of my homeboys' house. Five of us end up in the, in the police station. And, uh, we're tripping, because it was the hood that did the crime. However, it was none of us that were in the tank that did it, right? And out of the five of us, they kept two, which was me and my co-defendant. Um, I remember uh, one of my homeboys telling the, the sheriff, he's like, what do you guys got me here for? He's like, oh, we got you for being the driver. For what? It was for this crime. And uh, he goes, well, when did this crime happen? Goes, oh, Mar you know, it happened in March 2nd. And he goes, man, you better check your files. I was in the county jail on March 2nd, right? So they go and they check, they see, they come back, and it's okay, we, we took those charges off. Now we got you for receiving stolen property. 
because he had a big old Hickory Street sign in his house when he got raided, right? So they took the charges off him and slapped them on me. Uh, make a long story short, it's me and my co-defendant. You know, at that time, honestly, bro, seriously, uh, I thought I had landed. I thought I had landed because, man, I'm in prison. I mean, well, first and foremost, I'm in, I'm in juvenile hall, right? Then I get tried as an adult, and I'm in the county jail, and I remember my homeboys, you know, this is my first time being arrested. And they're telling me, hey, man, this is how you got to be in the county. They start lacing me up. What year is this, bro? 1991. Okay. 1991. And 1991 is no joke in, in the county system. Mm -hmm. it's, it's active as fuck. If anyone knows L.A. County, man. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I get tried as an adult, and, um, you know, I hit the county, had the county jail. And like I said, I felt like I landed. I figured, stuff, I figured out stuff really quick in the county. What do you mean by I landed? Define so, that to me. Yeah. you know, as a gang member, as a criminal, right, what you're graduating to is prison. Okay. That's what you're basically aiming for. Yeah, any, any young gang member, and I say that a million times, I'm saying a part of the, 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 the process, the goal is to, to get your stripes. There you go. You gotta go to prison, baby. Yeah. So that's what you mean by landing. So, so, yeah, so I felt like I landed, and, um, and I, I, I felt like I fit right in, right? Because I was fully active. Um, you know, I didn't really care about nobody but me and making sure my neighborhood was represented well. So I did what I had to do in the county jail. Um, not one time did it occur to me to roll over on the real people that did the crime. Because again, I had an active state of mind. I was a gang member. I'm not gonna, these are my homies. So I go to, I go to trial. Me and my co-defendant go to trial. Norwalk Court to top it off. Ooh, Back no, in those Norwalk days. Norwalk Court was known as, what do they call it, the hang? What no, was they called it no walk. No walk, there you go, baby. nobody used to walk from there. Yeah. So I remember seeing dudes come out of the, you know, come out of the, um, uh, the courtroom and they were happy as fuck because they, they got 30 years and they didn't get no L. That means there's an opportunity of, of them still going home yeah. and they were happy. And then you see the other ones come out of there with a life sentence and uh, man, broken, crying, shattered, right? So, you know, 16 months of, of litigating this case in the courts, uh, finally go to trial. And uh, man, I'm thinking, I remember the DA, I mean, the, my, the public defender that my crime he had, he told him, he says, you know what? He goes, I, after this trial is over, he goes, you're gonna walk. He goes, but your buddy over here, because I had two cases, I had a murder, and I had four assaults with the firearm two different days. So he says he might have to do a little bit of time. And um, make a long story short, we go to trial a week. The deliberation was like in two hours. And I ended up with 33 years to life, and my homeboy ended up with 30 years to life. And again, it didn't phase me. It didn't do nothing to me. I was young. Again, I had landed. This is something that I seen. I was like, shit, now, boom. And uh, I started off in the youth authority. Right? And uh, never figured things out. You know, the rehabilitation that they were trying to provide for us at the time, it wasn't for me because, again, I was fully active. End up two and a half, I did two and a half years in YA. Um, I get into it with some dude in YTS, and uh, I say, you know what, I'm out of here. I end up going to Chino, and I said, I'm gone, I'm going to the big house. Throughout this time, my family is spending like ridiculous amounts of money, bro, on on lawyers trying to get me home because that was the only way that I was ever going to come home with the sentence that I had. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I was, I was still who I was. If anything, I, was, I became worse than who I was already was. 
and uh, you know, went through the four yards. Calipat was my first prison. That's where I met your boy. You know what I mean? Uh, him and I, he, he became my celly, and man, we were cool. I thought he was the smartest motherfucker in the world because we used to watch uh, Jeopardy all the time. And I'm like, how the fuck does this motherfucker know all the answers? You talk about my boy Muppet. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm like, how the fuck does he know all the answers, man? I think he's watching this shit before it comes on because he used to come on twice. Yeah. And I go in and I think he's just remembering the, the answers. And he's, but nah, he was just really, really sharp, bro. He was really smart. And um, Shout out to Muppet. Yeah, there you go. I hope he's watching. They say he's going to watch this too, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And he remembers those days. We yeah. used to chill, man. That was my boy. Right? That's why I took a picture with him. Good homie from my hood, dog. Yeah. Very good homie, dog. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyways, um, I spent about six months in Calipat. And uh, I get called into the program office and they're like, hey, man, um, you know, you're, you're, you're under 25. You just got to ride up Hawaii for the fight. Uh, you're a lifer and you're supposed to be housed in a 180 uh, prison. So you're gonna go to High Desert. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck is High Desert? Where's yeah, that at? Because Calip has a 270, right? Yeah. Yeah. I said, when the fuck is High Desert? So I get shipped out all the way up to almost Reno, bro. Yeah. I remember going on the bus and it was snowing like crazy. I've been, I've been, I've been to Susanville twice. There you go. So, so you high, know. Yeah, High Desert's right next to Susanville. So, yeah. so you know. Yeah. So I get there, bro, and the, the prison yard is, is brand new. We're opening up this yard and I'm thinking there's, I might have a celly right there. Hell no, nah, I got a celly that was in the bus with me. So, you know, we get there and, you know, everything's being established. Nothing's there, nobody's there, so you know how it is. You yeah, gotta fight yeah. for, the, for, for your area, yeah, right? Yeah, you're fighting for your tables, you're fighting where you're gonna work out. And for the people that don't know, we, I, like, I like to break little things down to, to paint them a visual for those that don't know. Yeah. And for those that don't know, you don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you, but you hear the story. Yeah, you know, this is the part where, the homies established themselves in a certain position and if other people don't like it, well then let's bro. Yeah. Right? And um, I mean there's wars fought over tables, mm -hmm. handball courts, yeah. places you sit in the chow hall. Yeah. Go ahead, my yeah. G. So, like I said, I, I spent five and a half years up there. I hated that place. I think that was the worst prison that I've ever been to. And then finally make it down to a level level three. I go to Sentinella. And I'm still who I am today. And uh, not today, but when I was back then, but again. I'm more mature, older, and I picked up a lot more game in the system because I had made prison my life. That I was gonna, I was gonna spend the rest of my life in prison because at that time, anybody that had life, uh, you were basically never gonna come home. I remember, I think it was uh, Pete Wilson or something like that. He said, yeah. uh, "You know, Three the only way, the only way a lifer is ever gonna come home, he will be in a pine box. That's the only way that he's ever gonna come home. So the door was shut for all of us." So rehabilitation didn't exist, and uh, you know it, it was, that that was your life. And uh, uh, I spent four years, four years in Sentinella. And while I was there, I got a trade. Um, I was still, you know, I was never like involved in none of the, the stuff. I was just there. I was just posted. I was one of the ones that the shit had to go down with this road. Yeah. But I was never like in the, like this dude has this or hit not. No, that was never me. Yeah. It was never me. I was just out there, like if it's gonna go down, let's roll. You were a solid homie in the yard, yeah, but that was it. Yeah, that was it. No other, no other stuff in that. So, I ended up spending four years there, and uh, I remember they telling me, "Hey, man, you you going to a level two now?" And I'm like, "Level two? I'm like, I don't want to go, man. I'm cool right here. I got a cool ass celly, you know, um, you know, and I don't want to go. Like my my program is set right here. Everything is good for me here." And they're like, um, "They're like, nah, fool. He's like, you gotta go. Like the counselor kicking and screaming." Right? And there I go. I end up in this prison called Solidarity State Prison. And while I'm there, right, I get introduced 
to what's called self-help therapy, right? Which is stuff that helps you figure out some of the issues that pushed you out into the street. When you came from a great home, or a good home, right? Um, some of the stuff that was showing up for you as a youth that pushed you out into them streets, that, that you had to go seek out there that you weren't getting from home. And uh, again, it was still, it wasn't for me, right? It's a level two, uh, it's a big ass fucking yard. Um, there's all these groups. A good friend of mine tells me, he's like, hey man, you're gonna have to start coming in here and taking some of these groups because if you ever wanna go home, this is the stuff that the Board of Prison Terms wants to see that you're doing, right? Rehabilitation. I go, man, I, that shit ain't for me. That shit ain't for me. I said, because if I'm ever going to go home, it's going to be through the courts and take it. Now I've been down like 15 years, right? And my family's still spending all this money on lawyers, bro. Um, so one day, my buddy tells me, look, we got this new group coming up. I want you to come in here with me. Because if you don't like it, because you don't have to stay. There's no repercussion. If, if, if you like it, cool, stay. If you don't, you can just leave, bro. There's, that's it, you're good. I said, all right, fuck it, I'll go. And uh, I walk up in there, and I remember them talking. I was way in the back. I remember them talking, and I'm like just listening. And then the task for that day was for us to write our, our life story of how we grew up. I said, oh, that's, that's pretty simple, right? And uh, I start writing out my shit. A lot of war stories from the youth, right? And then I get to the age of 17, 16, 17, where uh, my house is getting shot up, bro, from my rival enemies. And, and I'm, I didn't say nothing. I couldn't come up with the answers of why I didn't tell the people that have been spending thousands of dollars trying to get me home that I had just put your life in danger because of the life that I'm living. And uh, we got to bounce from here because the enemy knows where I live. I didn't, bro. If anything, they would ask me, man, what are you involved in? What are you doing? Like, Man, like, they're trying to kill you. They ain't, they ain't throwing rocks at the house. They're shooting up the house. Like, what are you involved in? And I say, hey, man, look, this is the city we live in. It's a norm around here. So, and I would get defensive and I would storm out. But now, in my 30s, the shit doesn't make sense to me now. I'm like, what the fuck? What was I thinking? Why didn't I say something? And that's when I had that epiphany, bro, that I believed that something was wrong with me because this whole time, since I've been arrested, and all these years that I was in prison, I believed that nothing was wrong with me, that I was cool. When I see myself in the mirror, I, I was okay with who I was seeing because I didn't do this crime. And then all this self-help therapy was for the people that actually committed their crimes. So I didn't see that, man, this shit ain't for me. This is for the people that did their shit, not me, because I didn't do this crime. So right there when they had that epiphany, I said, okay, well, let me start digging deeper now. Why, why? And it took years, bro. It took about, I want to say about eight to 10 years to come up with the answers of why I didn't tell my parents of what was going on with me as a youth. And the conclusion of that was because I was so fucking angry. I was so angry because I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't treated like my sister because I felt, which wasn't true. It was just the shit that I was just making up in my mind. It was just stuff that I was making up up here because I've always said, your mind could be your best friend, and it could be your worst enemy. It could tell you shit that is not even real, but and you believe it. And that's what was happening to me as a kid. And that's why I seek what I seeked in the streets. So I was so angry that, you know, thinking that they, they didn't care for me. But how can, I be, how can I be angry when I had a shelter, clothes, money? I had everything. I had stuff that people didn't even have that never chose this lifestyle. I had both my parents, very successful. 
They own the, they own the mis- uh, a business. So my whole thing is that they weren't really there. It's not their fault, though. I don't want anybody to think that I'm blaming my parents, right? It just wasn't their fault. This is just, they were providing for us, for my sister and I, right? But there was stuff that was going on within me that I didn't know how to deal with, so I didn't really have nobody to turn to, right? Um, so when I started figuring some stuff out, and I'm doing all this, 2012 comes around, my first board hearing, and I go in there, and I'm thinking that I'm prepared to go home because, you know, I have accumulated a bunch of these chrono certificates and everything to help me come home. And I get a five-year denial. They tell me, come back in five years, right? I just got caught with a phone, like, in 2009, so I was blaming that. But I was also blaming the commissioners. I was saying, you know what, man, these fools don't want to let us go. They don't want to let us go. This is job security. They want to house us here. They want to keep us here. But it was, again, shit that I was just making up in my mind, right? And um, I remember sharing my transcripts with, with, with my peers, people that were doing the same work that I was doing. And um, they were like, I go, hey, man, can you read these? Can you read these for me? And tell me what I did wrong, because according to me, I should have got a date. I should have came home, right? I changed. I'm no longer who I was, right? But it wasn't true. I was fence straddling. I was, I was playing both sides. I was doing the good stuff, but I was also doing, you know, even though I had separated myself from, from the gang lifestyle, I was still doing criminal shit, like getting caught with the phone, right? And uh, so it's like, man, it's right here in black and white, bro. This is, you know, uh, you're doing the right things. You're just not internalizing it. You're not living it. And um, I didn't understand what that meant. So they broke it down to me. It's like, this is the stuff, like the stuff that you're doing in these groups, like that has, that has to be you. A few months later, I get transferred and end up going to Old Folsom. Now, Old Folsom back in, in 2012, super active. Level two, right? But it was just very active. And uh, I remember one, uh, a friend of mine telling me, hey man, what are you gonna do when you get over there? What do you mean? He's like, yeah, what are you gonna do? Hey man, that, that place is, you know, that prison's active, bro. Like, you can't go over there with all the shit that you've been doing here. And I'm like, and I felt, I felt, like, he was trying to say that I, that I had gone soft or something, right? And I, you know, I nutted up on him. And he was like, hey, man, I'm just, hey, you know? And then I shared that with, my, with one of my buddies after he walks away. And I said, man, this fool, you know, he's trying to insinuate some shit. And he was like, hey, fool, you should thank him. He goes, because he pulled some shit out of you that you still needed to work on. And I was like, fuck. And it was true. Because while I was in that bus shackled up going to Folsom, I'm having that internal struggle. Am I going to go back to being who I was? Because I don't know anybody here, right? Or am I going to stick to my guns, bro, and just say, man, this is who I am. This is who I used to be, but this is who I am today. This is what I do, and I'm out the way. And when I got to Old Folsom, you know, everybody has cars. So I told the people that were there with me, look, man, this is who I used to be. This is what I do, and I'm just here to stay out the way, bro, until I get my next board date, and I'm out of here. And uh, it was respected. However, you still see, right, you, you, people, they see you and they, 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 they smirk and be like, oh, here comes, right? And I'll be like, whatever. It didn't, it didn't phase me, bro, at all. I go to my second board hearing, 2015. Now, because I have been internalizing all the work that I've been doing, I hit a home run. I get my freedom back. I get my freedom back. I landed in November 3rd, 2015. I got out. 
after 25 years, bro. And freedom, baby. Yeah. Freedom. And you know, so there, there were some cats because there's a, there's a lot of things going on with the system nowadays. Um, and uh, I don't know how true it is, bro, because thank God I'm not in that position that I have to deal with it firsthandly. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's things going around in the system now saying in order for life just to get out, uh, the board is asking for these dudes to step down to PC yards mm -hmm. to get out from doing uh, uh, their life uh, sentence. Mm -hmm. You know, is, is that true? That's not true. That's not true at all. Um, what, what CDCR has done, they have um, created these yards where they're giving people an opportunity to program. Right, which means to make it easy for them. But are these these 50-50 yards? These are 50-50 yards, right? Okay, and so these yards are no good. That's, that's, what, that's how they're looked at, but there's a lot of good people in those yards, bro. But if it's a 50-50 yard, bro, and there's people that are no good, and there's people that are supposedly quote-unquote good, if you're on a yard with people that are no good, then the yard is no good. So that's how they're looked at. Yeah. That's exactly how they're looked at, right? So the decision is on the individual. Because I have to, you know, me, the, the job that I have today, going back inside, a lot of people have asked me, what would you do? I said, first and foremost, because I'm not in that situation, I can't answer that. But if I was, I would do what was best for me and my family. That's what I, that's what I would say. Certain, I would do. Uh, coming from a man that is uh, serving a life sentence, yes. you know, what's more important? You know, uh, your name on in the yard, your name on the streets, are getting home to your family. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a that's a really really tough decision to make for someone that was raised in a culture of never backing down, mm -hmm. bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I want to go home, but I ain't gonna be on the yard with these punk ass motherfuckers because we've lived and breathed this shit. You know what I mean? And, and I'm and I'm not that. You mm -hmm. know, but. That's 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 a fucking bro. That's that. But at the end of the day, I get it. It's up to you. What's more important? Mm -hmm. Do you go home to your family? I mean, but you didn't have to deal with that though. I didn't have to deal you with. You didn't that. have to deal with going to a fifty-fifty yard. No. You were on a solid yard. Mm -hmm. You got out. But if you were have to make that decision to this day, mm -hmm. you would have gone to a fifty-fifty yard. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, because I don't have a problem with that. I don't have like. There's people today that are trying to come home, that they're making, I'm, I'm blessed though, that I didn't have an opportunity to do that, make that decisions. I'm really blessed. You weren't put in that position. I was never put in that position. Bro. But you're man enough as an individual, and even though you'll get possibly backlash from some cats in the chat line mm -hmm. and from the people in the, in the stands, mm -hmm. in the nosebleed seats, mm -hmm. they don't know how it is to have your feet on that concrete, mm -hmm. right? You know what I mean? You, the people have opinions, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's dudes that are, that are doing life right now that say, nah, fuck that, I wouldn't do mm -hmm. that. I ain't gonna do that. I, I got some but, homies But guess are, what? Them dudes are still there. They're still there, They're yeah. still there, bro. I just took a trip to Soledad last week, Thursday and Friday. I went back to the same yard that I spent eight and a half years in. There's dudes still there. My celly is still there. Now. That yard is, 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 was designated like as, as a non-programming yard because they would not, uh, they don't do that 50-50 there, right? Which is cool. It is what it is. However, these people are still there. They're still there. And again, everybody has a choice. Everybody has a choice. So if, unless you've never had your freedom taken from you or the paperwork says 
where it says your parole date and it has like, we don't have a parole date, right? Unless you've had that, then, then I don't think anybody can speak on, on, on those yards, on, on making those decisions. So how did you get in this program? You, so you, got, you, you went to board. Well, I mean, what was the initial feeling, bro? So you walk into board. Let's, let's, let's rewind it, bro, and let's try to get yourself back in the same mind state. You're nervous. You're walking into this board. They, they, they had given you the five-year uh, uh, suspension, whatever that you call that. What do mm -hmm. they call it again? It's a five-year denial. Five-year denial. They give you the five-year denial, and now you do another five years, and you're walking in the board. How many years do you have now? You have 25 years? So even if you get a five-year denial after two and a half, there's these petitions that you could file. Right, and this petition is, is telling the board, look, the stuff that you wanted me to work on, I've already done it, so can I get an advance hearing? So I was granted that. That's okay. why after 2012, I went back in 2015. Okay, cool. So, so you're, you're walking into the boardroom, you, uh, you get the early grant mm -hmm. to, to see the board again, and you're, I mean, when you, what was your, your, your thought process? What was going on in your mind, bro? So, because everything was internalized, I thought it was just too easy. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm being asked these questions and-, and what, what, what questions are you asked? So, because I've always maintained my innocence on the crime. But one thing that they want you to do is they want you to talk about the crime. Right? They want you to admit to the crime. Yeah, so one of the laws that came in uh, before I went to board was, you don't have to speak about the crime, but you still have to show insight. In other words, the insight that I showed is what led me into, the, into that lifestyle, right? And that's the stuff that I did you know, that I was able to uh, get from these self-help groups. This is why I've, I told you they took me like eight to 10 years to figure out I was so angry. This is why, right? I was able to show them that. So it was inside responsibility and remorse. What are you taking responsibility for? Even though I didn't kill this dude personally, I take responsibility because of who I was, what I was representing, what I was part of is what caused this dude to die. So of course I'm responsible. Right? And I always use the metaphor as, let's say you, get, you go to the county jail, right? And your hood has a green light. They're still gonna fuck you up, right? Because your hood, has, but you ain't got nothing to do with that green light. It was somebody else that caused it, right? So you're still responsible because you're backing that up. So that's what I had to show them, that I was responsible for that. And then the remorse is, the reason that I was okay with who I was is because I didn't humanize this dude. I could still walk around 15 years saying, man, fuck that dude. You know what I mean? He knew what he got into. Fuck him. It is what it is. I didn't hum I seen him as an enemy. That's how I seen him. But when I humanized him, and when I said, man, this is somebody's kiss, because this the dude was 15 years old. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Man, this was somebody's son. This is somebody's kid that they brought into this world, and at 15, he's done because of the way that I, what I was thinking, or the way I was living, and what I was part of. So that was the remorse that I had to prove to them. You know what I mean? So when I came home, I continued living that life. I continued doing stuff that I'm doing right now, is sharing my story. Because, bullshit you not, if this was a button right here, that would rewind time, and go back to when I got arrested, I wouldn't even do it, bro. It's because what I went through, through the prison system, through life, is who made me is what made me who I am today. You know, and I love who I am today. I really do. So a lot of people tell me, well, you have to say that. So it can make you feel better that you did all that time for nothing. No. Because you don't know what I put my family through, bro. You don't know how I traumatized them. You don't know how I traumatized my mom. You don't know. So 
today, my mom tells me she's proud of me. My sister's my biggest supporter, my girl, everybody, because of the work that I do today, right? I'm not that individual no more. I don't idolize it. I don't, I don't uh, uh, support it. To me, it's like it's all about giving back, yeah. giving back, being a service, right? Helping others. That's why I love my job. Going back in there. How did how did you get like so? It's 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 crazy to hear that a dude that was sentenced to life that served twenty five years in the prison system, uh, uh, solid yards, um, is granted access. Sorry about that fly right there, bro. It came, good. It, it came in with Casey. You know what I mean, because <laughs> um, I'm the shit. Yeah. Hey, everybody, give it up for <laughs> real quick, real quick. Everybody, right. everybody, give it up for the co-host, baby, Casey. <laughs> He got the chain on right now. He got the chain on, baby. You know what I mean? the Sunshine Bandit? <laughs> Sunshine Bandit. Yeah, there you go. Um, but so, you were from, uh, where were you from, bro? I used to be from Hickory. Hickory Street Watts? Yes, sir. Okay. Hickory Street Watts. I mean, Watts is a rough neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's glamorized in uh, rap music, Compton, Watts, South Central. You know, it's, it's you know I mean? I was going to buy a house in Watts, bro, uh, a few years ago. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's still rough, but back then it was a whole nether ball game, right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 the th and the crazy thing I want to say, too, is, is you, still, you still live in South Central mm -hmm. L.A., you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, how do you still live in South Central, bro? So A lot of cats, bro, you get out from life, bro, you know what I mean? You're fucking living in Palmdale, you're living in motherfucking <laughs> Eureka. I mean, what the f this fly right here, bro? It's good. <laughs> um, it's good. I mean, you, but you chose to stay in the heart of the land. Yeah, you know, one thing that I've, um, while I was out here, man, I, I uh, you know, I did everything in my power to destroy my community, right? Whether it was vandalizing it, whether it was terrorizing it, whatever it was. And now, coming back as a changed man, you know, I'm just trying to build it. Earlier you said, you know, uh, 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 I just want to be able to give back and be of service and help out, you know, and, because I'm not who I used to be anymore, I can go wherever I want. You know, I remember when I was living that life as a youngster, man, I was in defense mode 24 seven. Coming out of my house, looking both ways, making sure that, you know, the enemy was around the corner. I don't do that no more. So that means I can go wherever and anywhere. There's places that when I was, when I was out here that I would not step foot in. Because I used to always be like, oh, them dudes from my side are over there. I can't go over there, shit, I'm gonna get killed, right? Today, I'm everywhere, bro. I'm all over the fucking place. I think one of my best jobs when I came home was a Lyft driver. I was able to explore all Los Angeles. I've seen stuff today that I've never even seen before. So they let you know? lifers uh, drive Lyft now. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, well, you know, Lyft. Uber does a lot of background checks. Yeah. Lyft, uh, you know, they, they still allow you, but that was in 2016. Big, big shout out to Lyft, baby. Yeah, big shout out go. to Lyft. Yeah. Give, give him a plug. Give, give him motherfuckers plug. jobs. I mean, Metro's like that. Uh, and, yeah. and, it's, and I say that because I just learned this about because I'm working in the subways right now. Mm -hmm. And Metro, uh, any, so Metro's doing a big fucking thing with the subways and shit. It's, mm -hmm. it's been going on for five years. It's going to be done in about a year and a half, two years. But Metro, one thing Metro does is they ask that all the subcontractors have uh, what do they call it? They call it uh, hardship workers. So you're either single dad, military, you got a criminal background. Mm -hmm. they, 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 there's got to be a certain percentage of all these subcontractors that they, they have to have these individuals. So big shout out to Metro, mm -hmm. baby. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Forgive me, motherfuckers like me. 
a job and, and, and a place, uh, you know what I mean, a, you know, so, acceptance. So I'm going to tell you like this. Go ahead. The company that I work for, right, the Anti-Recidivism Coalition, Arc. we have this program. How'd you Arc. get in that, bro? How'd you get Arc. in that? You heard of Arc before? My buddy, uh, actually, uh, my buddy named Miles actually uh, Miles knows you. Yeah, yeah, that's my buddy. That's my boy right there. Yeah, Miles. Yeah. That's good. How you know Miles, bro? I grew up with Miles. Oh, is that right? See, yeah. Miles Pearl from Pelican Bay. Oh, did he? Yeah, he was up there from the big dogs. He's, yeah. You see him today, man, he looks like he'd never been in prison. I mean, he's buffer, so yeah. maybe. <laughs> that fool came back all swole. Casey loves buff <laughs> Mexican men. He's, Miles is black. Oh, he's a brother. He's oh, is he, oh, he's a brother? Yeah, he's, yeah he's, Miles. He's, he's even worse. He's Mandingo. Though, <laughs> 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 all right, let's talk about Ark. Let's talk yeah, about there Ark. There you go, there you go. So, so, what, so before I talk about Ark, I want to tell you something, because I don't want to forget this. Is um, Ark has this program that I'm part of. It's called the Second Chance Apprenticeship Program. And, work, and it deals with the construction field. So what ARC does is uh, we get formerly incarcerated men and women, go through our 11-week program. We set them up with the MC3 curriculum. We set them up with the OSHA 10 card. We set them up with the CPR training. And then after 11 weeks, we get an opportunity to place them as an apprentice in, in, in unions like carpenters, laborers, uh, electricians. You know, one of my boys that follows you, and I'm pretty sure he's watching, my boy Vic, he was my celly. He's seen that I was gonna be in this. He goes, hey man, how the fuck did you get in there? He goes, he, he, I, I goes, I, I follow him, and he's like, a, you're like a what, four, four or five year apprentice? Uh, I'm a fifth year apprentice in yes. IBW Local 11. Bro. Yeah, so Come that's on. where he, that's I'm where he's I'm turning out this year, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the stuff that hand clap to me, baby. There you go. Hard so, work. So that's what we, that's what we do. We place these guys in, in union position jobs where they start off as an apprentice, you know. Sleeping, taking the trash out, whatever the fuck yeah. they gotta do. I mean, I make forty dollars an hour right now, bro. Jeez. Feel me? Smell it? Exactly. Yeah, I could Money. see. Money. I could see what these. Still buys yeah. the shoes at the swap meets, though. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Look at the, the soles; they're yellow. <laughs> yellow. <laughs> but anyways. Your tantarans are yellow. Stupid. <laughs> in in two thousand in two thousand seventeen, man, um, I was given an opportunity to come in as a life coach for ARC, the Anti Recidivism Coalition. And how though? How? How? Well. Being home, dude? no, being home, no, no, he's, he just came home. Miles came home about a year or two years ago. Okay. I've been home going on six. I got you. So, you know, doing this, right, sharing my story, uh, uh, being absurd as a community, your, your name sort of, go, you know, gets around. And uh, I remember getting a call from, from uh, Mr. Sam Lewis, and he was like, he's an ED for ARC. And he's like, hey, man, we have this pilot program, and we're gathering up uh, uh, former lifers to go back into prison and facilitate the same groups that you were part of while you were inside. And I was like, what the fuck? Right, I'm like, you know, sure. So I went over there, I interviewed, I got the position, and um, I was going back into Calipat, Sentinella, and Ironwood. And I was going back in, I was facilitating groups. I was, I was like literally living out of a suitcase, um, Going out there, staying out for four days out in Blythe. I don't know if you heard about Blythe, but it's hot as fuck. It's like 150 degrees. I did a pro violation in Chuckawalla. <laughs> oh yeah. When it was a when it was a solid yard, I heard it's yeah, no good it's no more. It's fucking hot as fuck out there. Yeah, so yeah. We're living out there for four days. Come back on Thursday night, and uh, and then the following week we'll be in Sentinella. We'll be in Calipat, and uh, man, just going back in and and my technique has always been, uh, I don't want to change you, bro. I don't want to change you. What I want to do is I want to show you what change looks like and what worked for me because what worked for me might not work for you, right? So that was my, my angle. 
and people appreciated that. Because when you go inside and you start telling people what they need to do or, or, or how to change it, they don't want to hear that. You know, they don't want to hear that, so we just show them. And then we facilitate the groups, we share our story with them. During our check-in, we'll let them know like what we did this past weekend, and they love hearing that shit. And one thing that I've, every time that I would go in there, that I would tell the men, is like, look, man, you come home, you come home to ARC. ARC has your back. ARC will put you in a position, man, where your future is secure. And you have a retirement plan and a 401k, and you got all these fucking benefits. But you gotta land first, you gotta get out here. And that's what a lot of us, a lot of people have, have made it out here. I wanna say we've served over 5,000 individuals in the system. We were, in, we, were in a, we were in eight prisons first. Now, starting in a few months, we're gonna be, we're gonna have one life coach in every single prison in California. And so, so, so you go into these programs, I mean, how does it feel, bro, to come in these prisons, a free man, street clothes, you're getting escorted into these prisons by the, no? So in the beginning, we were being escorted. After a year of doing the work, we accumulated brown cards. Because that's one thing that they told us that will never give us. They said, man, we, you guys will never get brown, because we're still on parole. Yeah. So you'll never get a brown card. Well, they changed the dom for us. They said, man, these guys have been doing this great work. There's no need for us to have an escort for these guys every single time they come in there. So guess what? Fill out this paperwork, do this life scan, and here's your brown card. So now we're walking in, bro. I'm walking into Ironwood State Prison, and I gotta go check out keys, right? Skeleton keys, the big old keys. Yeah, the motherfuckers. A, a fucking alarm. I'll give the alarm to my boy Jamel. I know he's watching right now. I have, I have him, I give him the alarm. AKA panic button. <laughs> there you go. I give it to him, and, um, and we go back in there, bro, and we have the keys. When at one point, they used those keys to lock us up. Now we have those keys. Now we have those keys. Let's go, baby. Let's go. That's amazing, bro. Yeah. That's got to that's gotta be an amazing feeling to just put your hands on those keys, bro. Because mm -hmm. every time you heard those keys when you're in the penitentiary, homie, what'd you hear, homie? Yaves, walking. There you go. You know what I mean? There you go. You know? And you, you had all the paraphernalia, you know what I mean? But you put the Fifi down, you know what I mean? If you're fucking the mattress, you know what I mean? You put the mattress to the side, you roll that bitch back out, you know what I mean? You know, you're doing some drogas, you know what I mean? You, you, you know what I mean? You know, hey, but now you got the keys. Yeah. So there was one time, it was funny, I was walking in a Calipac. Calipac was on lockdown. So my supervisor. What, what year is this? This is, I'm going to say, what, 18, 19? Okay. So the only reason we cool stopped is because, uh, yeah. So. I asked my supervisor, I said, hey man, these was on lockdown, what did we do? And they're like, uh, hey, well, go get their homework and put it in an envelope and make sure you go take it into the yard. And I'm like, all right, cool. And we put it in the envelope, we're in the kitchen, uh, and where they eat, the cafeteria. Do it all up, hook it up, boom, we go back in there. And I remember walking into the building and now you start hearing, boop, 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 boop. Cause they don't know, I'm dressed like, the way I'm, when I go back inside, I'm dressed in slacks with a tie and a shirt. Right? About 120 degrees, but Looking shit. like a counselor. There you go. Yeah. Or looking like an FBI agent. Because every time when they first seen us, they said, oh shit, the feds are coming. Remember that? The rumors about the feds coming in and taking over? Yeah. But everybody thought we were the feds, bro, because we were walking in there in suits and shit. And uh, they would see me, oh man, that's fucking Caesar. Hey, what's up? And then everybody's calling me to their door. And I'm like, no, oh, no, I can't, man. I got to pass this homework out. I got to go. I got to go. They're like, and shoot I, this wheel out real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shoot this, you know. So that was the funniest shit to me, walking in. But to answer your question earlier, the first time that I started going back in, 
it was very nerve wracking. Um, you know, you get the butterflies, you get the anxiety. It's the, it's the smell, bro. The smell of the yard, the smell of the dirt, the smell of the mildew, the fucking towels full of mildew that people use and they just throw on the side. You know what I mean? Like their clothes, their dirty clothes. And all that shit just turned my stomach, bro. It just turned my stomach, you know? Made you sick, um, made you ask them. Yeah, yeah, you know, because I, it was just like you're getting that shit all over again. And I already had got that shit out of my system, you know? And now getting it back in, it's like going back in. So a lot of the stuff, the reason that we're gonna be back inside uh, in every prison now is because it's a form of trauma. It's a form of trauma because remember, you're going back in four days out of the week. It's like going back into the yard, right? And then you go home and you go right home with your celly, which is my roommate, which is my coworker, right? And it's just reliving that whole shit again. And I believe this is why uh, Sacramento says, hey man, we gotta, because not to you know, throw our shit out there, but man, this shit works. It works. Us going in there, being the credible messenger, being the people that were once in your shoes, knowing exactly what you're going through, right? When I hear your stories, like there's nothing that you can tell me that I don't already know. It's a form of trust. Yeah, they're, they, it's a form man. of trust. It's not mm -hmm. a man with a badge on his chest. It's not a dude that's showing up to your fucking thing for count or to say, hey, you know what I mean? What the fuck you doing right there with a flashlight or, mm -hmm. you know? You know, or, you know how much mail I've received recently? People telling me, hey man, not that the pandemic is going down. You coming back in here? Like what's going on? And, uh, You're their glimmer of hope. Yeah, and I tell they, them, look, bro. They need you in there. So I was offered, you know, a ARC made me this offer because I, I sort of got burnt out. But that's one of the things that, you know, going back in every fucking week, you get burnt out, bro. Like Stressful. You don't, you don't turn the, I don't have a switch to turn off, right? If I see you every other week and you keep telling me that you're never going to come home and, and you got to deal with all this shit in the yard, you got to deal with your celly, and you got to deal with the COs, and I hear, I don't, I don't have an off switch. I hear that shit, bro. I hear that shit, and, uh, and uh, it just it just stays with me. You know what I mean? So the guys, they, they really appreciate us, bro. They appreciate us, and, and they're asking, like, when are you coming back? So now I had to break the news. Like, look, they're offering me a different position where I could be a manager now of a team going back inside, um, and that'll be me staying home now and having others because a lot of people that are coming home, that's what they want to do. It's what better way to give back, right? What better way to give back and not forget where you came from and show those that are still in the struggle, still stuck in the mud, that there is an opportunity for you out here, bro. Check it out, bro. I have a, I have a homie, he's, his name is Jason Guzman. They call him Rascal from Highland Park, dog. He uh, has been down since 1995 for a murder that he didn't do. Similar situation to mm -hmm. you, bro. You know what I mean? It was, it was gang shit. Um, possibly, uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe it was the uh, Highland Park side that did the murder, you know. But anyways, um, he is serving. He didn't roll over. He's, you know, he, he, he landed, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He's a solid dude since the beginning. He's a solid dude now. He's he's in line right now for a thing called the Innocent Project, bro. Mm -hmm. How do you know anything about the Innocent Project? Like, or can you help him get out? I want to help this dude get out, dog. Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. So, one thing that, like I said, my first 15 years of my incarceration, fool, I was angry at everybody. I was mad at the world. I felt like I got a raw deal. I didn't. Give, that's why nothing had changed, right? And I feel like, like your your friend, your homeboy. I think he's that's where he's at. He's very angry still. You know, and again, 
there's like right now is the easiest way to get out of prison, bro. It's the easiest way. When I went to board, man, they, they were telling me like you're the bottom of the shoe. Exactly, exactly who I am. Yep. They wanted you to, to admit as being a piece of shit. And yeah, yep. Because if you go in and say, no, that's not me, then you're staying here again. Right? So right now, you know, it's the easiest time for people to come home. And if he's been down since 1995, bro, and he's maintained his innocence, that's good. That's really good. But something has to change within him. Something has to change within him because something that I've always shared is what got you to prison is not going to get you out, right? So obviously for him, the lifestyle, the gang lifestyle is what got him in there. So something needs to change. And I'm not saying roll over. I'm not saying check it. I'm not saying none of that. I'm saying the, the, the criminal mentality has to change where he has to accept responsibility, not for the crime, but for his actions, for what he had to do with that, representing where he's from being part of that destructive lifestyle, right? And if, he's, and if he does that, that will be his ticket home. But he also has to do the work because part doing the work is what helps you stay out here, right? See, you got a great job. You got a great gig here, right? So this is what keeps you out the way. For a lot of people, they come home, if they had not done the work, I give them six months to a year before they're back in, bro, the revolving door. And when you do the work, Right? When you're able to, 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 when you get that road bridge, or when somebody takes your parking space, or when, or when uh, 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 you know, something happens when you're getting ready to come undone, and if you don't have the work in you, you're gonna engage, bro. You're gonna engage, and when you engage, who's gonna lose? Because you're on parole, you're not gonna, me. You're gonna lose, and your family's gonna lose. I mean, this, since, I, since I've been out, bro, um, my life consists of a whole lot of reflection, a whole lot of checking myself. You know what I mean? A whole lot of checking myself, of being in understanding, having an understanding of what it is, you know, and, and that's been the hardest challenge that, that I've faced, mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't do 25 years, you know, I got about 13 years in the penitentiary, a couple numbers, whatever, dog, you know what I mean? But I was addicted to the, to the lifestyle, mm -hmm. the street shit, you know, I mean, the street right. shit was my shit, bro, you know what I mean? And, and I have homies that get out to this day, bro, they touch down, I, I link up with them, bam, my G, here's some money, dog. If you need a job, I mean, I don't know how many homies I've gotten a job by the, by the grace of, 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 of God and just knowing people and just having this podcast. I've been able to have resources. to. I've gotten so many people jobs, bro, you know what I mean? And that's a, and that's a way of you giving back, bro. That's what I'm talking about. But but what I do with these dudes, bro, is I'll touch down with them. I, I, I give them some good, you know, some good positive words, bro. And then from there, I gotta break off from them mm -hmm. because from there, it's it's up to them, dog. You know what I mean? I you know I have a homie that just told me recently. He goes, "Hey, dog, you ain't been checking in with me." And I said, "Bro, I'm not your babysitter, dog. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's up to you, dog. You know what I mean? You know to do to do right to to to, to man up and take care of your responsibilities. Now, if you feel like you still owe the neighborhood stuff and you still got to go out there and show face and and do this and that well dog that's that's on you you know what i mean that, that's on you i mean you can still show face but show face in a positive aspect dog you know what i mean i'm not telling you to fucking move across the fucking country you know what i mean the strongest motherfucker is going to do it and do it if you feel something in your heart that you're going to do you can do it in your own backyard it doesn't matter what anybody's going to tell you but it it, it, it really is a, a, a struggle for some of the you know the 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 knuckleheads, yeah. so to speak, it's, right? It's a big struggle. Better lack of words, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a big struggle because basically what it is, bro, it's insecurities. 
It's insecurity. That's why when I shared with you earlier, if I had to make certain decisions while I was inside, I would have made them best for me because I'm secure about who I am today. Before I wasn't, bro. You know Before what I, I needed to prove myself. I had a I had a conversation with my with with my good homie Dreamer last night, and I said, you know, bro, for so many years, bro, I walked around with a chip on my shoulder, and it, it, it and he was like, dig, you're the biggest asshole that I know, ba 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 whoop, and I was like, bro, it wasn't it wasn't intentional. It was I wasn't happy within my internal self, you know what I mean? That made me fucking uh, uh, lash out to maybe the people around me. To, to, and then it made me just self-destructive mentality. You know what I mean? Like, like it was it was on me. But now, and he goes he goes lugs down my trip, bro. Yeah, I mean, you 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 get sometimes we get people in the chat, the live chat that be just like trolling and talking shit. And we'll, he goes, ah, man, I trip out. It doesn't even affect you. And I said, no, nah, bro, <laughs> it doesn't affect me, dog. You know what I mean? For one, that these are just keyboard warriors, and they're not telling me this shit to my fucking face, bro. But at the end of the day, bro, I have matured. I have grown. To, 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 to the person that I am, bro, that I don't feel I have to prove myself, dog. You know what I mean? Now, if you're going to get in my face, bro, you know what I mean? I'm going to defend myself to the best of my motherfucking abilities. But rather than that, dog, you know what I mean? The, 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 the objective of this platform is for us to share stories, bro, to help each other and to grow out of a hole that we dug ourselves into, you know what I mean? Like, it's never fucking too late. Like, look at you, dog. Look at me, you know what I mean? Like, it's never too late to have a different perspective in life, to grow up and be a man, to to just, like, you know, just to choose different, bro. It doesn't make you a weaker person. It doesn't make you a bad person. I mean, you did your dirt. You did your time, bro. What more should be expected of you, dog, you know what I mean? And if people don't appreciate that and they don't, you know, give you your fucking respect on that, then they ain't shit, bro. You know what I mean? They just want... It's, it comes down to value. It yeah. comes down to value. If you value yourself, bro, if you value your freedom, if you value your family, if you value your life, man, you're going to do what's right for you. So that's important to always have in the front of your, of your brain because, again, you can be faced with situations, bro, like right here, and you got to either do what you're going to do or remove yourself from that situation. I, I remember going back in last week, and I was sharing with the men in, in Solidarity. I was telling them, I says, man, this is why self-help is so important, man. Because it's not, it's not for you to learn how to maneuver through these yards or it's not for you to know how to deal with your celly. It's not for you, you know, to know how to deal with these COs in here. It's for you to make it out here. So you want to come back. I said, man, but I said, when I came home, I said, when I started working for ARC, it was, I was three years out. I said, and, uh, and I remember I was going down this street and there was a car in front of me. And this dude, you can obviously tell he was on his phone. Light turned green. All I did was just a light tap on the horn. Beep. Light, like letting him know, like, hey, bro, like the, the light's green, right? I didn't get crazy. I didn't come undone. I just like, hey, bro, like, beep. And that dude just came undone. Like, he pulled over and telling me to pull over. And as soon as he told me, I just turned right and I was gone. Gone. It's that simple. That simple. Everybody was laughing, calm, whatever. I says, but, bro, when I win, if I pull over and engage with this dude, who wins here? Maybe I do get the best of them, but who's back in jail? Because they don't want to hear, oh, you know, you, you could have just walked or you could have did something different. No, you fucked up. You're on parole. And now you're going back in. I'll be damned. I told my uh, man, I tell, I'll be damned if I break anybody in my family or my girl. I'll be damned if I break their heart again by going back inside. I'm not doing that, bro. So if I have to turn the cheek, and if I have to bite my tongue or bite them, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because I'm mad enough to admit that, man, 
ain't nothing gonna fucking be in my way for me to go back to prison, bro. Don't bite the bait, baby, because there's bait on every fucking corner, bro. Yeah. Is, I mean, if you if you were, if you were a bait biter, man, you're gonna be living a rough life, my G. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, because there's bait everywhere. Yeah. There's bait on fucking social media. There's all kinds of shit, dog. You know what I mean? That the people are trying to pull you into the motherfucking bullshit. And one thing I'll tell you right now is you ain't gonna ever pull me into no motherfucking mm-hmm. bullshit. You know what I mean? Uh, the suckers running packs. <laughs> I mean, suckers running packs. Why? Because it's easy for all these suckers to get together and believe the same bullshit, dog, and run with it, dog. But the real motherfuckers are going to fucking just like, hold up. Let me, let me, let me, uh, you know what I mean? Let me check out the scenery, dog. Let me get the facts. Let me, you know what I mean? And you know what I'm talking about right now, motherfuckers. You know what I mean? You know, and, and you, you just always take a step back. You know what I mean? Always take a step back and observe first. You know, one, be one, fair. One thing that I've, uh, I've heard a lot of people in prison say, well, this is, you know, I, I became a man in here. I'm like, bro, you don't even know what a man is, bro. You know what a man is? A man is a person that takes care of his family, that takes care of his bills, that makes sure all his credit cards are paid, that makes sure that rent is paid, that makes sure there's food in the fucking, in the, in the refrigerator, and that he has a job to, 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 you know, feed whoever's living with him. That's a man. Yeah, and, 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 and not, only that, not only is that a man, but that's gangster, homie. Yeah. That's gangster as fuck, you know what I mean? And it took me a lot of years to figure that shit out because I have kids from, you know, one night stands and so on and so forth that I left hanging, you know, because I was, you know, on these streets <laughs> acting a fool, doped the fuck up, you know what I mean? And, and that's, that's, you know, that's, I'll forever have to live with that. You know what I mean? Those are my... Those are my skeletons, you know what I mean, of bad decisions, you know. And one, one thing that I, I, I love doing out here is talking to the youth, right? And one thing that I always tell them, like, you don't have to follow my footsteps. You don't have to go do 25 years. You don't. I did them for you. I already did those for you. I says, man, I'm 48. I got no kids. I says, I'm trying to buy my first home. You know, I have, I've been having this job that I have for four years. The only thing that's, into my, that's in my name right now is my car. That's it. That's it. And I'm 48. When people in 48 get ready to retire with all their pensions and all their shit. Your life is just starting. And it's just starting, bro. So you don't have to do that. You don't have to bite into that. You guys can live a good life. We have these young men in our apprenticeship programs where that's what I tell them, bro. Like right now you're in a good position. You get 900 bucks every two weeks just to go through our program. That's it. Just to go through our program. And in 11 weeks, we get to place you somewhere as a carpenter, as a laborer, electrician, whatever's open. Right now, they just broke uh, ground at the fucking Clipper Stadium. They're getting ready to hire a bunch of people, a bunch of apprentices, people that are going to be sweeping everything up. That's you. Yeah, they're going to start you off at 20 bucks. Oh, that's, that's good money, at bro. 20 bucks an hour, bro, yeah, as an apprentice. That's good money to sweep up some motherfucking popcorn and there shit, you know what I mean? That, there you, know, you go. To sweep up some fucking, some Clippers tears. <laughs> <laughs> shout, out to the, shout out to the Clippers, baby. <laughs> yeah, they're watching us at home, too. Yeah, they are watching. Yeah, they are watching. watching. I mean, shout out to all 230 people uh, uh, tapped in right now. I love you guys, and I appreciate you giving us uh, your time of day. You know what I mean? You know, right here at Hoodstocks, we, we try to tell the real stories, bro. You know what I mean? Uh, through a glass house. Because none of us are perfect and we are all flawed human beings. You know what I mean? We are all flawed human beings. So before you point a finger or kick a motherfucker while he's down, you know what I mean? Look in the mirror, dog. Look in the mirror. Fix yourself before you're going to fucking kick someone else that's on the motherfucking ground.
Hate that shit, dog. Bandwagoners. Use the use the, the finger, right? You point the finger at somebody, you got three pointing back back at you. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? So use that's that a, one. And that's though. a that's an old one right there, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you point at one, you got three right back at you, there bitch. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Casey, how do you feel about this right here, dog? What what is your uh what? I mean, you 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 were brought up in a in a good family. I mean, you know, you were you you breastfed until you were eight years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom still makes my lunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a Lego fucking chain on right now. I mean, how do you how do you see this, bro? Um, it, it's a very moving story. I mean, I I have cousins and uncles that you know, like one of my cousins, one of my uncles just got out. Maybe like he's been out for like two three years. You know, like, I mean, I, I have family in it, and it you know it it sucks. And just hearing that story is just, I mean. Fuck that 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 shit was moving. It's it's an it's an amazing story, dog. You know I mean, to, for a man that was sentenced to life that is now out. I mean, how do people get into the ARC program? Is this is something new, correct? No, ARC's been out since two thousand nine. That's pretty that's new. Semi new. Semi yeah, it's fairly yeah. new, bro. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it seemed like off, yeah. it seemed like so many years the system didn't have anything for you. And and and, I, and I'm gonna change lanes real quick, bro. But for a dude to be in the prison yard, all right. The worst thing you can do amongst your peers is turn Christian because Christians have a bad rep in the prison system because when the weekend comes, the Bible's in the locker and the fucking Ere is fucking out. You know what I mean? You know, but, but so it, it takes a, a different person to ignore what the peers might feel or what might you think they're saying about you, about a dude that's like going through these programs, that's, you know, writing the, le writing the thing about what, you know, what, how he grew up, like mm -hmm. you said you had to do and whatnot. I mean, it, 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 because there's peer pressure in there, mm -hmm. bro. Of, yeah. There's peer pressure of like, oh, that ain't gangster, that ain't hard, or like, ah, that fool ain't nothing, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? You know, there's peer pressure, so a lot of these dudes, they fall victim to a peer pressure and, and they're not able to maybe take advantage of the, some of these programs that are offered because I check it out, bro. I had to get a GED in an Arizona state prison, bro. I never got it. I got uh, the last time I was in the prison was uh, in Arizona ADC, bro. And I got my GED right there, bro. You know what I mean? Because it was nothing like CDC, dog. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They got a whole different fucking uh, uh, program going on in them yards, bro. Um, but so it's, it, I mean, are the are the yards now giving more? Are CDC giving more uh, resources to help? Rehab rehabilitate, quote unquote, right? These men, giving them opportunities to t do what you did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is is it an absolute open door? You know, um, you know, um, when I started my rehabilitation in two thousand six at in Soledad, uh, yeah, we were scrutinized that way, right? A lot of people like, oh, are oh, you going to group? Hey, fool, we're gonna have a like, are oh, you going to group? Man, I gotta go to group. I'm going to group, and they they used to like not look down. But sort of judge, right? Yeah. And uh, but some of those men are still in there, bro. He's a shot glass. And I'm home. All right, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And I'm home already, bro. Yeah, let me get some. Of that. Yeah, baby. Let's go. Use one of the official Hoodstock's shot glasses. We gotta we gotta celebrate this man uh, coming home. Tell me when. Let's go. When <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah. Hey, real quick, guys, check it out. We got these shot glasses right here, www.50racks.com. I, I made these shot glasses. They're supposed to be engraved, but there's some type of decal on them. They, they, it's pretty strong decal, but it's not engraved what I want it to be. But right now, we got these three for $15 on www.50racks.com. Hold on. We got a phone call. Let's take this phone call real quick. We got phone calls on Hoodstocks, baby. Uh, you're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. 
Hey, Lucky, how you doing, Holmes? I talked to you uh, last week. I'm calling from Stockdale. Oh, what up, my G? How you doing, brother? Good. How you doing, sir? Absolutely. I'm doing good. I'm blessed. Hey, homie, I'm, I want to speak on what he touched on right now, if I may. Uh, he's absolutely right. Right now, the department has all kinds of programs mm -hmm. to help people like your homie get out. I, I've been in the, I, like I said, I was in the system for a couple of decades. I worked there and I can, and just in those 20 years, it has changed tremendously. Right now is the time that somebody like your homie or our hands to get out there. Mm -hmm. And if anybody's watching, I urge them, please, somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who can help this young man get out, out of prison. And the times have changed. I get, and another thing I want to speak on, the times have changed so much that even when this gentleman speaks on prison, you can see our shoulders cringe a little bit. You can see we tighten it up a little bit. We, we remember where we're at and we're like, okay, what do you mean 50-50, man? Should I step? I was employed and I remember saying, man, you got EOP, triple C, DDP. I'm not going out there. Let me know if something happens. I'll go out there. Of course, I did what I had to do, doing what I did when I had to. But with that being said, not to speak up too much on myself, the, the, right now is the time, absolutely, 100%. There's all kinds of resources out there, prison law office and, and, and so on and so forth, those groups. And, and, and I urge anybody doing time or anybody who knows somebody doing time, especially our Henson, without being disrespectful to Ladalas or anybody else, uh, please urge them to find out who they are, where they're at, and get that help. Let's get some of these people out of out of there. Mm -hmm. yeah. We can do it. You said you were the employed. Are you, there, you, the avenues are there. Bro, you said you were employed. So I want to I want to clarify how you were employed. Were, do you, were you an, were you an, uh, an inmate or were you a worker in the prison system? No, I was uh, I worked for the Department of Corrections for twenty years, brother. You worked for the Department of Corrections. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah what what, what exactly just, did just, you do, bro? If you don't mind me asking. I was a, I was a CO. I retired twenty years. C retired CEO right here. There you go. Yeah. You know that you know one thing, man, that um, I do want to give a shout out. In the beginning, when we started doing the work, going back inside, a lot of the CEOs, man, they seen us like, oh, you ain't shit. Well, you're still an inmate. You're still this. You're still that. And, and we understood that, that we we're going to be looked at that way. However, after a year later, man, everything changed because we were able to prove to them, like, this is real. Like, this change is real. Like, it's just not this fancy clothes. Like, this shit is real. And they respected that, bro. And man, just even going back to Solidad a couple of, uh, last week, seeing the CEOs that worked in my building, and I used to work in the kitchen. So seeing my, my boss in the kitchen, man, that fool giving me a hug, like, man, man, you just, we're so proud of you guys, bro. That's amazing, dog. And hey, hey, my boy, before I hang up with you, what kind of CEO were you? And be honest, bro, were you a dick or were you cool with the fellas? How many cell phones did you No, oh, I, I told you last week, big dog. I always watch where I step. I didn't trip where I needed to trip. You know what I mean? I walk what I talk, and I talk what I walk. With that being said, you know, um, <laughs> you were a dick. <laughs> oh, so here's he, one thing. Here's he, one he thing. Touched on something else too. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, he he touched on something else. He said, um, um, "What are you speaking on right now?" I'm thinking, you know, well. I get what he's saying with, with certain people and, and certain CEOs look at certain people, but I'm telling you right now, I can tell you firsthand, um, 
staff is a, is a trip too, man. Mm-hmm. It, it, uh, I tell the staff, man, the staff want to be gangsters, and now these guys want to be cops. And uh, that's how much the time has changed. Yeah. But without doing too much, man, I, I would say that I was just there, man. I did my aid and hit the gate. Well, let's just say 16 because I needed those dates. I, you know why I believe that? I believe that because there was COs that just came and just did their job and were gone. But then you had the ones that were like, I'm hitting your house, step out. I had, I, I've, I've known COs, bro. And, and and I appreciate your call, my boy. Thank you for calling. Everybody give it up for uh, this dude right here. XCO, correctional officer. Hey, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that was dope. And I appreciate it. I, I love that you had the nuts to call in, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's a lot of CEOs that message me in the DM. They say, hey, look, I like what you're doing. Whoop, 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 this and that. I said, well, bro, let's get you on, bro. An XCO. And if you want to get on the you just the caller that just called, dog, I love to have you on to tell some CEO stories, dog. You know what I mean? But um, I've there's CEOs. There's 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 three types of CEOs. Okay, they're COs that do their eight, like you said, and bounce out. They're COs that are trying to, you know, become warden overnight. And what's the third CO? Help me out with the third CO. The eight and, and goes home. And then there's COs that are just like, they, 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 they relate with us. They're yeah. good with people, yeah. you know what I mean? They're, like I've had COs, bro, I've gone to the oil and, and I had this one CEO, he was cool as fuck, this little fat, chubby motherfucker dog. He was like, he was like, lucky, slow and methodical, slow and methodical. He, he goes, I'm just methodical, you know what I mean? He'd always tell me this shit, dog, you know what I mean? And I remember I was in the oil one time because I had a fight on the fucking yard and shit. I'm in a one-man fucking cell, you know what I mean? I hadn't got a cell yet and shit. And I was, I was on my desk with my back turned and bah, he kicked the fuck out my door. Mind you, I'm in the oil, bro, you know what I mean? So there's not too many people that are gonna kick your fucking door because everybody's locked down in that bitch. And so he startled me, I was like, what? the fuck and I look back and he was right there smiling at the door and all of a sudden I he kicked a big bag of tobacco underneath the door and I said my G I love you dog you know what I mean he goes that's from the homies <laughs> you know what I mean and, you know, that dude right there was legit dog yeah there there is a lot of CEOs that really so I had a CEO real quick I mean I had another CEO dog that let let all of us bone our old ladies in the motherfucking visiting room, dog. You know what I mean? That motherfucker was the shit, and that was a black dude right there, you know what I mean? That's a good story. I would tell that one day, dog. That dude was legit, dog. No, but there is some COs, man, that really humanize you, bro. Because, you know, once you go in the system, you're just a number. You know, you're known as the last two of your number. That's what you're known for, right? And uh, and there was a lot of COs that really humanized you, bro. And they, uh, I, I got to give respects to, um, he's a... Uh, Associate warden right now. I believe I don't remember his, his title, but um, I heard his story once where he he really empathizes with a lot of us because he said I could have easily been in blues myself. He goes, yeah. but I chose the military because I live in the neighborhood. I live I, I all the shit that you hear. I, I, that was me. He goes, but I chose the military, man, and this is where I'm at today. That's why I understand that I could have easily been, you know, got caught up in the system too. And, uh, and he, man, he's very supportive about the self-help groups like he's talking about. And, and just so we won't lose uh, uh, you know, sight of it, uh, when we're done with this, bro, you give me your boy's number. I'll re- Look, one thing that I do do right now, like I have so much mail, so many people reach out to me asking for help. I'm trying to connect the dots. Like, again, I don't try to change nobody, bro. I don't. I just help them connect the dots, you know, because I feel like someone helped me connect the dots, figure some stuff out. Right. So I don't I don't I'm not sitting here saying I did it on my own. Right. Other people came into my life, bro, and helped me figure some shit out. 
especially when I got that denial. Check it out, bro. If I can get my boy Jason Guzman out, Rascal from Highland Park out, Green Eye Rascal from Highland Park out of prison, bro, from doing his life sentence, but from being down from 1995, he didn't kill the dude, dog. Tell you that, bro, I, I, I will fucking, I'll be good. This, I will end this podcast and I'll call it good, bro. It served its purpose. Thank you. Bop, bop, bop. And we will, uh, we will uh, swap that information. I'll give you his information, his CDC number, all that shit, dog. Yeah. Man, my boy, yeah. that would be a fucking true blessing because he's a good dude, dog. He's the, a really the good The Innocent dude. Project, for, they, they're, they're really good. Really, really good. They help a lot of people out. But a lot of times, if, if there's no DNA involved, then it's difficult for them. Because I, I was part of the Innocence Project um, through Loyola Marymount and one to the San Diego one, me and my co-defendant. And it was difficult for them to help us because I have, and I should have brought it so you could read it to your audience so you could see, I have an affidavit, affidavit from the dude that, that testified on the stand saying that I was driving the car. Where now in that affidavit, in that paper, he's saying that it wasn't me that it wasn't me driving the car, that the cops told him to say it was me, right? And if he didn't testify against me and my co-defendant, that they were gonna get him for conspiracy to commit murder. In other words, he set the dude up to get him killed. So he's gonna get life too. So that dude did what he did, bro. And here's the crazy part. At that time, when he did what he did to save his ass, that's cool. But who I am today, if that dude would've walked in here, bro, it'd be like, hey man, it is what it is. You did to save your ass or whatever, but I don't hold nothing against him, bro. You wouldn't beat his ass? I wouldn't beat his ass. I promise you that, bro. What I promise a, you that. What about a couple couple Jack and Cokes? No, nah, I wouldn't even do that either, but I wouldn't be. I'll just let him be. I'll let him be. Because now I respect the fact that he came correct. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So when he came correct, he came correct like in 2004. And I had an opportunity yeah. to come out in 2004, but guess what? Because I hadn't done no work, that internal work that this board of prison terms was asking me to do, I hadn't done that, I probably would have been back because nothing had changed. Nothing. Wow. You know, I was still the same person. If anything, I was even worse. Yeah. So I know I would have went back. I wouldn't have been like, oh, I learned my lesson. No, I would have went right back to what I knew. What is, right? your, what is your stance on police officers to this day? With everything going on, everything in the news, uh, you know, just everything that we see on the news, bro, the George Floyd, everything, bro. Yeah. What is your stance with police officers? You know, some of them are fucked up and some of them are, are like, for me, I'm gonna use, and, and my girl could attest to this, um, I'm very respectful when it comes to authority, right? So I know if, if I get, I've gotten pulled over four times since I've been home. Got a couple of speeding tickets, right? Never came at me sideways, ever. And you can see, I'm, I'm bald, but I'm bald because my, my hair is gone. It's not because I wanna be bald. If I had hair, I would grow it, but I'm just straight up bald. So automatically they're gonna assume that you're a gang member, you're this, you're that. But these, these cops come up to my car, they ask for my stuff, I give it to them, and they do their job. That's it, right? They, that's, that's it, with me. I've seen them do other shit. I've seen them kill people from behind. I've seen, I just seen it this morning. This dude in Victorville, I think, or somewhere, he gave up, he's on the floor, and dude runs up to him and kicks him in the face. Kicks him in the fucking face twice. This morning in the news, on camera. So cops like that should not be serving us, bro. The reason I say that about these police officers is because if somebody breaks into my house, or right now I walk out, my car's gone. Am I gonna come get lucky and the rest of the crew go look for my car? Or am I gonna call the police and say, hey man, my car's gone, and, but I got insurance, so I don't give a fuck. 
Yeah. What am I gonna do? You gotta go through the proper channels. There bro. you go. You know what I mean? That you gotta, part you right gotta, there. You gotta go through the proper channels, dog. You that know what I mean? Part. I mean, you're not snitching on nobody. I mean, it's a you don't know if someone's taking your car to commit a fucking crime, bro. You yeah. know what I mean? That could potentially be put on you, bro. If you don't make that fucking phone call and document what the fuck happened, I get that, bro. You know what I mean, that's that's there the normal is. way of living. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and so we all at one point we all have to do that. We all have to do that. We all have to call the authorities. When you don't call the authorities on something happening, what happens? And you take the law into your own hands. What happens? Yeah, you you you, be, you end up on the wrong side of the fucking fence, you bro. You know what I mean? But you then end up in the courtroom. This is the worst part. Then you start blaming everyone else. It's everybody's fault but yours. When you knew you could have done the right thing. That's the difference between today and before. Yeah. Right. And that's why this 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 self help therapy that I'm talking about, it really helps me stay out here, because believe it or not, I still have a couple of loose wires up there. I come undone sometimes. But I have accountability partners. I have people that put me in my place. I have people that tell me, hey, before you come in, I'm done right now. You have a support system. Exactly. Uh, I think the biggest thing for homies that get out, I won't say homies, I'll just say everybody, all races, right? Um, is a lot of cats get out and they don't have a support system. Mm -hmm. They don't have a solid foundation. They don't have somebody they can call uh, and, and maybe get some uh, some type of counseling or some type of direction in regards to what they might be going through at the time before they fucking pop that clutch and fucking come un unglued. You know what I mean? Uh, support system is fucking huge. So you have a support system through through ARC. Through ARC, through former lifers. See, here's the thing. I came home in 2015. There wasn't that many lifers out. So it wasn't that many people that I could reach out to and ask for help. But now, 221, a lot of lifers out here. And there's a lot of lifers coming home today. Is that, is that thanks to Gascon? No. It's thanks to them doing their work, doing the internal work that brought them home. What do you think of the new district attorney, Gascon? Because they're trying to get him out because they're saying that he's letting people get out of prison from life and, and so on and so forth, from murders and whatnot, yeah. you know? So, you know, ARC is a, port, is a supporter of Gascon. Obviously, what he's saying, this is what he's saying today. If you serve 25 years and you've been doing the work, there's no need for me to send one of my public uh, DAs into your hearing to deny you your parole, right? There's no need, right? So, we got a call coming in? You wanna take a call? Yeah, I ain't tripping. Let's take a call real quick. This is from Chicago right here. Oh, shit. You're on Hoodstock's Talk to us, baby. Hello, is this Lucky from Hoodstock? Uh-oh. Uh, might be. Juicy, is this you? <laughs> Oh, I think I had a missed call uh, from Hoodstocks. Yes, you, you did have a missed call from Hoodstocks. You got to get over uh, here and well, hand wash our socks. Oh, uh, well, I just want to say it's a good podcast. Uh, I think I seen you the other day. Uh, I really enjoy your show. Who's call? Is that thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You, I appreciate uh, you. Catch you on the flip side. Yes, the flip side. <laughs> I you. Of your butt cheeks. <laughs> that might have been a real call. Was that real? Yeah, it yeah. was. It wasn't none of these knuckleheads right now. I was now. thinking, like, who's on the phone right now? Nah, be somebody it was, in here. I mean, bro, they, I don't like people playing on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna open up the I'm gonna open up the phone line in a minute. So let's hold up on the phone calls. I'll put the phone number in there. You guys can call in. You can talk to Caesar. You can ask him anything you guys want. You know what I mean? Maybe get some direction for a family member, mm -hmm. something. Maybe get his hook up, something. You know what I mean? We're gonna open up the phone lines. But uh, go ahead, my boy. I'm sorry. I don't know if you remember your your. What was it? Yeah. What were we talking about? Um, what were you talking, Casey? Yeah. You were talking about uh, Ark in a way, and um, who? What? 
Gascon. Gascon. Oh, so yeah. Gascon. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, I, you know. Casey's no good for nothing. I know. I see him. Is, yeah. he, is he drinking some of this too? No, he's not. He's, he's sober, sober, bro. Dang, he's, he's sober. Yeah, he's just fucking. I wonder he ain't getting no raise. Yeah. So, <laughs> Gascon, I, I think he's doing some great work, man. Um, and I, I, it's not, you know. They're trying to get him a, out, bro. I know a, a lot of families, victim families, right? Yeah. They're feeling some type of way, and I get it. Believe me, I get it. You know, um, there's one of my guys that I know from in there that I, uh, he was in my groups that I was running inside, and uh, he got found suitable, and uh, which means he's gonna come home. And uh, the mom came out on the news. She was very upset. She was very upset that the commissioners found him suitable, that she felt he didn't do enough time. You know what I mean? And uh, and I get it. it it's it's you know I I I'm for our people. There's a lot of people in prison today, man, that, that really deserve a second chance to come home. Uh, I remember doing a, another podcast when they told me, if you had something to say about the people that are still inside, what would you say? And like, there's a lot of great people in there. A lot of people that have really, really changed. Um, one thing that ARC is working on right now is the LWAP sentence, trying to get people at least a 25 life sentence, because there is a lot of great people out there, bro, that deserve a second chance at life. They made some... T- if... If they, people are giving me a second chance, why shouldn't I fight for others to get a second chance? If we know that these men and women are doing the work, they want to become better, they want to come out here and, and help and give back and be of service. Um, and I think that's what Gascon is doing, even though it looks like he's not, he's not respecting the, the victim's families, he's just doing what's right. Because if you look at the statistics, man, you know, California, if you look anywhere else, bro, there is no LWAPs. There is none. You know, they, they have a lot of people sentenced here. Like, I remember when they gave us, there's this book. It's called uh, G-Dog and the Homeboys. And these two professors from, I can't remember what universities they were from, Northwestern or something like that. And they had told, you know, Los Angeles District Attorney, hey, man, you better do something because this was in the 80s. You better do something about this, this crime because you know, you're gonna have a bloodshed, right? So that's when the laws changed, and when the laws changed, they, uh, they started giving these people all these in- insane sentences, bro. 150 years to life, 250 years to life, 350 years to life, triple, quadruple life sentences, right? Which was insane. Um, and that's because they wanted to put everybody in the shelf and just, you know what, you're a gang member, you're a criminal, you don't belong on the street, get the fuck out of here, you're gone. Right? And I think what Gascon is doing today, he's just trying to make things right. You know, you serve 25 years, you know, you, you get an opportunity to, to rehabilitate yourself because that's what they added the, the R to CDCR. That's because it would be, before it was just CDC. CDC, now they added the R because they believe in rehabilitation. They believe that a person can rehabilitate, not everybody, but the majority of the people in prison can be rehabilitated if they really, really true embrace it, bro. On that note, so I always, when we have these conversations, I reflect on myself, right? Because I'm not a regular news reporter that has no background. Um, I'm not commentating on, commentating on something that, that I know nothing about. I was once in these cells with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I just lost my train of thought. See, it's those black miles. That's why that's what happened to me, <laughs> the secondhand smoke. I lost my train of thought. But what was I going to say? My bad. 
Yeah, I fucked that up, dog. I'll, I'll think about it right now. I lost my train of thought, bro. You know what I mean? But I'm I was, I was going to drop the ball. I, I, I was, I was going to make a, <laughs> I, I, I was righteously going to make a, a valid point. You know what I mean? And I, and I lost it because I was too I, slow. I think on the I draw. know where you're going. Um, oh you no, no, out? no! I know what I was going to say. So I didn't start maturing, bro. Sorry about that, brother. Yeah. That happens sometimes. Brain farts, right? <laughs> I'm blonde. I'm a natural blonde. You know what I mean? Right? You know what I mean? Uh, half Russian Jew and half Mexican, right? You know, what does this guy know? You know what I mean? He can't speak on nothing. You know what I mean? Nah, I've been through wars and battles, motherfucker. I can speak on all this shit, dog. You know what I mean? Firsthand smoke, homie. I was the smoke, dog. You know what I mean? But, but what I'm saying, though, dog, and what I want, the point that I wanted to make was I didn't start maturing until I was 35, 36, 37, 38, 39. I started making a transition into a man that sees things from a different lens. So what I did as a kid was I did what I did as an adolescent, what I did as a young man or young boy, right? Because I didn't I thought I was a man, but I didn't know what the fucking man was, which we talked about a minute ago, you know? It took me a long time to mature. It takes some dudes a long time to mature, bro. And so there's dudes in there that committed these crimes at an early age. And they are, they're now they're in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, their 60s. Are they the same person? No. They're not the same fucking person. You can, you can be in there and just be like, whoa. And I, and, I, and I say this all the time, bro. I got homies, bro, that... They, 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 they'd injected some methamphetamine in their motherfucking veins, bro. And they committed a horrific fucking crime. And they woke up the next day and they said, what the fuck did I just do? I was high. Yeah. That wasn't me. I'm not a killer. I was raised with a good fucking family. But if you put these motherfucking drugs in your system, it can possibly turn you into someone that you're not and you make a bad, horrible mistake that affects you for the rest of your life. So, okay, I get it. There's victim families that are saying, nah, fuck this dude. If I was a victim family, I'd say, fuck this dude. But you know what, bro? All these years in the penitentiary, I mean, second chances should be given because, fuck, this dude didn't have no guidance. This fool didn't have a mother. He didn't have a father, or say if he did, he was angry. Mm -hmm. And he fucked up horribly. He served 20 years already, 25 years, 30 years. Should he be given a second chance to come out and, and, and maybe redirect the traffic like this man is doing, you know, from firsthand experience? I mean, how do you feel about this, bro? Let me throw this at you, bro. Instead of, instead of, Police officers with no credibility of the streets, no experience, right? Shouldn't we, maybe we should have dudes like you coming into the communities and policing the communities. Maybe we should have past dudes with this experience and, be, and have an understanding of what it is Instead of the police call going to a police station, maybe we should have, let's, let's, let's take this step first, you know? I think... Uh, you know where I'm getting at? Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a great idea, however. However. However, always, however. So there's, there's always in a however, right? Um, you got to have the right people to do this kind of work, right? So let's say, for example, when they put this team together of us, former lifers that did 20 plus years in prison, 
going back into these prisons, right, to facilitate these groups, they had to really be careful of who they were going to bring into this, into this team. Because one thing that we did not want to do is have one person to jeopardize this. It can easily be jeopardized if the SEALs are doing it, and we all know, right, who's bringing in the phones? Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. Who's bringing in the phones? So sit there and tell me, oh, yeah, the families are dropping them out. Beaver. Yeah, all this bullshit, <laughs> you know. But the bottom line is we all know who's bringing them in, right? Yeah. So we wanted to make sure that the people that we were going to hire into this team, that all of us were had great integrity, that we knew that we were going to come in here to make sure we do things right. And that's why it was difficult for us. So now, yeah, because you can't you can't pick any old dude. Because one no. one bad apple, you know what happens to that tree? It gets chopped the fuck down, bro. Exactly. You know, and, and then it's a detriment, and it's a fucked up thing for the people that are really trying to like use this resource, or for you that are trying to come in to give this resource to do your fucking job and help. And I'm going to give you an example. We're doing ironwood. So one thing that we do in these groups, we graduate the men from these groups, right? And uh, we give them a certificate, and then we bring them like pizza from Costco, cake, you know, sodas, water, whatever. Uh, they're able to have like two of their family members come into the visit. It's, it's really nice. But we're gonna have our first graduation at Ironwood State Prison, and uh, the CRM there, which is a community resource manager, is this white lady, right? And um, we're getting ready to close, we're close to graduating our first, first class, and uh, we tell her, hey, you know, in, a, in about a month or, no, or so, we should be graduating these men. And, uh, and uh, you know, this is what we normally do. We bring them food. And then she was like, well, I don't think my staff is going to be available to go pick up the food. And I'm like, no, no, no. No, your staff doesn't have to go pick up the food. We're going to go get it. We're going to bring the food. And the first thing she said was, oh, well, you might try to smuggle some stuff into the food. Can you imagine and this a, is us already you, doing this for a year, right? Can you imagine a pizza full of dime bags? There you go, right? <laughs> you know what right? I mean? Where the pepperoni at? Yeah. The stuffed crust. So, <laughs> stuffed crust. So, so as soon as she said that, I looked at her, bro, and I just said, all right, thank you. And I just removed myself from the situation, right? When I removed myself, she even went ahead and said, hey, Mr. Zuniga, you know, it's very disrespectful for you to walk away from me when I'm still talking. And I said, Ms. Carey, you just accused me of bringing, of smuggling some stuff in. How do you expect me to take that? Well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean you. I'm just saying in general. I said, so you know what? You're right. You're right. And again, I go back in and I share that. I vent, right, with my, with my Your, students, yeah. with my guys. And you tell them so, what, the, what transpired. What, yeah, you yeah. know? And that's dope. So, that's so dope that you do that, bro. So they're telling me, you know, like, oh, that's fucked up. Oh. So I come out. I come out of, you know, out of work, you know, around 8 o'clock. And, uh, and I, I open up my phone because, you know, I can, you can't take your phone in. So I open up my phone, and I see all these emails from my boss. Call me as soon as you get this. Whoa. And I'm like, the fuck? I'm like, all right. So I call him up, and I go, what's going on? He goes, what happened? And I'm like, what do you mean? It was, what happened with Carrie? And I was like, I told him exactly what happened. He goes, yup, that's exactly what she said happened. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck are you, what are you getting all crazy with me for? Yeah, what's the problem? Right? Yeah. And then he goes, he goes, uh, goes why didn't you call me that that happened? And I says, I didn't think it was, he goes, man, she fucking put a big old email. Now there's, there's paperwork, like there's emails there's now. A, there's a paperwork trail. Say, yeah, that this happened and there's no response from you. Like we don't even know. And I'm like, so you know what you got to do now, right? You got to go eat crow. And I was like, what the fuck is he crow? 
because he's going to go make things right with this lady, even though she was wrong for what she said. And I understood because at that time, this job was not about me or about ARC or about the program. It was about the man that we were serving. So if because of me, right, that I get into this back and forth with this lady. It's affecting the man. This program gets shut down, right? So now they're, they're not going to remember what she said. All people are going to remember is like, this is why the program got shut down because Caesar got into it with this lady and he didn't report it or whatever, and they bumped heads. And that's why you can't come here no more. So now the men are shit out of luck. You see what I'm saying? So that's where I had to be like, fuck. And this, it, it irked me, bro. But I went up to her and I said, you know what, I'm sorry. I apologize. That was my fault. Never happened again. Just to make sure that the program, and I want to give a. Let's go, baby. I want to give a go. shout out. I Let's go. I, I know I haven't mentioned it, but the team that the, our, 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 our team is called the Hope and Redemption Team. Right? Because we bring hope to these men that are in the struggle still, that are still in the mud, that we want to help them come home. And we, believe it or not, we've helped a lot of men come home already, you know? And they're being very successful. Our recidivism rate at ARC, if they go through our program, especially if they've been former lifers, is like 0.05, which is, I don't know, like a handful, put it that way. Yeah. You know, because one thing that's out here today that a lot of people didn't have, even when you came home in 2013, right? Yeah. 12? Yeah. Uh, was resources. There's a lot of resources out here. It's not just ARC. It's friends outside. You know, it's, it's uh, organizations that, that just really want to help formerly incarcerated individuals. There's this, we share this floor with, the, with another organization called CEO, where they get these guys to work like the very next day, bro. They get paid the same day. They're doing Caltrans work, but they're getting paid the very next day. I, you know, I didn't know about these resources, bro, but being the fact that I was a part of the, the gang injunction, um, I was a part of the gang injunction, I get help from the Rodriguez Act. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yes. Yeah, you know what I mean? And so to this day, I'm, I'm a UCLA student uh, for the Rodriguez Act, you know what I mean? But you know what I want to do? I want to take a quick break right now because I want to I want to discuss something with uh, an individual that I have in this room right now, and I want to see if we can get this individual on the podcast, and then I want to get your feedback on it. But I need to ask permission first to make sure we're good. So let's take a quick break, everybody. Uh, a pee break, uh, a drink break, a blunt break, uh, whatever the break is, you know what I mean? And you, if you got to go yell at your kids real quick, you know what I mean? Um, do what you got to do. Let's take a quick break, everybody. There we go. Yeah. This the Holland Park Gospel, my G. Blessings, power, respect. Tell you this for the last time. Enough of the drama. I ain't playing these games. Oh. Gotta pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Oh, gotta pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Oh, gotta pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Oh, gotta pick your soul up. Not for the trauma. I ain't playing these games. You hate me when I'm up. You love me when I'm down. Stupid motherfucker, turn that frown upside down. Clowns, high off that dope. I was clowning, I was high off that dope. I made a fool out of myself, I was high off that dope. 
gangbang, blood sport, blue tang, I love whores, dumb, I'm burned out, crazy fool, I'm banged out, hanging out with these fools, one plus one equals two fools in a cell with no mail, no telling is the policy, no bail, don't bother me, the economy of drugs, comes with a college full of thugs, time to graduate, time to elevate, let's go, you know, I play mm -hmm. games, uh -huh. Better pick your soul up, pick your soul up, pick your soul up. Oh, gotta pick your soul up, pick your soul up, pick your soul up. Oh, gotta pick your soul up, pick your soul up, pick your soul up. Oh, gotta pick your soul up. I ain't playing these games. The highs and lows come with lies and cold. I'm a wilted rose, only the gardener knows. Water me, talk to me, fingernails bleeding lottery. She lied to me, she cried to me. Point clearly taken, what's popping, girl, what's shaking? Without love, there's no patience. Sit in a concrete cell, my soul vacant. You in a hood trap, working off your bad back. Homie, love is a true fact. Blood on the menu, don't mean to offend you. Take it how you want it, taste it, it's vomit. Shit is foul, two fingers in the air, Kermit drink tea like that shell. Say this for the last time, enough of the drama. I ain't playing this game. Oh, gotta pick your soul up, pick your soul up, pick your soul up. Oh, gotta pick your soul up, pick your soul up, pick your soul up. Oh, gotta pick your soul up, pick your soul up, pick your soul up. Oh, gotta pick your soul up. I ain't playing these games. Why we gotta die like that? Why can't we spread our wings and fly like that? Not only in heaven, but life. Dodge my hooters, already got two strikes. Walk with me, talk with me, what you like to do? On me, my G, I'ma push you through. Yeah, give them they roses while they here. Let them know they chosen, we love you while you're here. Too much pain and sorrow, some of us ain't gonna see tomorrow. Like, be like that, why we gotta be like that? The power of prayer is real, the power of love is fear. What I fear is what I'm scared to hurt. What you fear ain't always gotta hurt. Enough of the drama. I ain't playing these games. Oh, gotta pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Oh, gotta pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Oh, gotta pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Pick your soul up. Oh, gotta pick your soul up. Enough of the drama. I ain't playing these games. Check one, check two. Okay, so I want to introduce you guys to Julius. Julius, how you doing, baby boy? Mm, good. How old are you? 13. You're thir 13 years old? Yeah? Yeah. And uh, so Julius is, uh, you know, he's a, he's a new crew member on Hoodstocks, baby. Yeah. You know, Julius and his, and his mom, shout out to Bambi. Um, they, they, they support our positive movement. You know, and, and one thing that, that made me reach out to Julius and to Bambi, his mother, to give me consent to have him, you know, be a part of the crew right here is not only to drive me home when I'm drunk, but to, no, is <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to be a positive light on this young man right here. Uh, Julius, how much time is your, is your pop serving? Like 40? 
Right. 40 years to life. Mm. Your pops is serving 40 years to life. Mm. And I mean, how does that, how does that make you feel? Mm, kind of sad sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so Julius is one of hundreds and across, probably thousands, right? Across the U.S. That, that is brought into this world and doesn't have their pops due to a crime committed as a, I mean, your pops was commit, he committed a crime when he was very young, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I reached out, I reached out to Julius's mom and I said, you know what, I'd like to have him on here, you know what I mean? Just to give him, you know, positivity, give him, you know, I'm not trying to be a father figure. I'm just trying to be a, a guiding light, so to speak, right? You know, because I care about our community. As much as I joke around and act a fool sometimes on this podcast, at the end of the day, the point of having this podcast is to try to just shine light and make us better and share stories and figure shit out, you know? Be a resource, you know? Hoodstocks is just not one big party all the time and clowning out and acting fools, even though we love doing that, because we, you know what I mean? The, like I always say, the darkest moments in my life, you know what I mean? I've always found a way to laugh about it, you know what I mean? That's what we do in the pen, you know what I mean? We, we, we make light of it and we still smile and that helps us to get to the next day, get to the next year, some of us get to the next decade, you know? But, so Julius's pops, I, I believe was convicted at what, 17 years old? Convicted at 17 years old for a crime. He's, what is he, 27 now? He's going to be 27. Now, he was, Julius's pops, we just saw the board, correct? No. Was it a fit? Yeah, for a juvenile fitness hearing. A juvenile fitness hearing. Yeah. And they, de they denied his parole, correct? Yeah. They denied his parole, and they're sending him back. He's in L.A. County, but they're sending him back to Pelican Bay, correct? Yeah. I know you guys can't hear, but I got mom in the background. She doesn't want to be on the camera. I should have given her a mic, really. You know what I mean? Um, so Julius is in this world now uh, with, with, with no father, a, a strong mother, a strong mother, and, and he needs to, I mean, I want to, I want to, I don't know what I know what direction I'm going, but I don't. I'm not sure what words to put mm -hmm. forth. Um, I, I can help you with that, bro. I think everybody needs a, a positive role model in their life, especially at a young age. And I think a lot of a, a lot of the young 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 generation that have their families, they have their fathers incarcerated. That's what they need. They need a positive role model, and um, and I think, like you said earlier, you know, you you count a lot of right here, but. You're doing a great thing. You're doing a great stuff. This is this is this is what you do. This is not you not being in the street. You're not promoting any negativity, um, and this is what Julia needs to see. Um, and just a little bit what I've heard from from his wife. If he's 27 and he got 40 to life, that means he just got arrested about 10 years ago. He's only done 10 years, right? So one thing that ARC does very well that helped me is uh, Senate bills. So Senate Bill 260 
basically what it does, if you were under the age of 17 and you committed a crime, you, you only have to do 25 years. And then you go to a parole board hearing. But before the 25 years, you go to a fitness hearing. And the fitness hearing, it, no, I'm sorry, not the fitness hearing, but it's, um, it's, it's where you go in front of a commissioner and he's gonna tell you exactly what you need to do to prepare so when your 25 years come up, right, then you'll, have, you'll be able to reprint, uh, represent that rehabilitation that you've done through prison. And so if he went to the county jail, that means he went in as this new law that just came in, which is a juvenile law. So if you were convicted as a juvenile, that means that you should be doing juvenile time. That's what the law is, and that's probably the law that, and correct me if I'm wrong with his wife, but that's probably the law that he got uh, denied in. And I honestly believe that, and, and no judgment, but if he's in Pelican Bay, and, and, and he's, let's say he's been down to 10 years and he hasn't got no write-ups, and he's just been programming, I think it would have, you know, there, wouldn't, there shouldn't have been no reason for him to get denied. However, if he's in Pelican Bay, that either says that he, because there is programming yards up there, but he could also be in the shoe. Now, if he's in the shoe, that means he probably assaulted somebody or was involved in something or whatever, right? I don't know the story. I'm just saying that's the reputation that Pelican Bay has, right? Um, so again, it, maybe this is why that fitness thing got denied. So you have to look at it from this perspective. And even though the law is the law, they still, you, they still want to see what type of person you are, what, what type of person you've been for the last 10 years. If you've been staying out of trouble programming, then I don't see them why, why they should deny. That's a, that's a board of appeal. But if you've been messing up within those 10 years, and any 115 write-up, the rule violation write-up, even if it's as small as a, having a clothesline, you know, even if it's as small as having an extra pair of shoes, it's still a violation. And they see it as a violation and they hold it against you. You see what I'm saying? So I don't know the history of, of the dad, but I'll be more than willing to, to help whatever we can do. One thing that ARC does very well is, is we help out those that are in need, right? And uh, um, after the podcast, I, I brought some cars with me and uh, I'll be glad to share them like with you and with the family to help out his dad. If the dad has to go back, to, we have people right now that's part of the Hope and Redemption team in Pelican Bay. We have two former lifers that were once in our classroom when we were going back in that paroled and are now part of this team. And this is how much of a sacrifice that they did just so they can continue doing the work. They moved up to Crescent City. ARC rented them a house in Crescent City. And if you know what Crescent City is, that's where Pelican Bay is at. And now they get to go back into Pelican Bay and run the groups that we're doing. That's amazing, dog. That's ARC. Shout out to ARC, man. This shit, man, yeah. bro. This is a force to be reckoned with. You know what I mean? Um, one thing right here on Hoodstocks, you know what I mean, is we wanna we wanna help, man. I wanna help. I wanna make a change. You know what I mean? Why? Because I changed. You know. I send money to my boys all the time. My, my, my boy uh, uh, Husky just got at me, and uh, you know he got, they got a pizza sale going or some shit. You know what I mean? Dropped them twenty bones, uh, easy money, baby. You know what I mean? You know, um, but but you know just to make the time a little bit easier and to to not 
have to be without, you know what I mean? Because I was in the pen sometimes, and I was without, dog, it sucks, you know what I mean? You know, I used to, sometimes when I made the Chinese uh, uh, food, you know what I mean? I didn't have the pork rinds, and I didn't have the sauce on this shit. I put sugar in a top ramen soup, dog, and I'd be like, damn, this is the fucking Chinese food I'm grabbing right now, and it was, it was bomb. It was like some orange chicken, dog, you know what I mean? Put sugar in a top ramen, dog, you know what I mean? And it was sweet and spicy, you know what I mean? I said, this has got to be Asian food right here, you know what I mean? You know? Um, and well, that's and that's a true story. But with 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 Julius right here, Julius, what do you want to be when you grow up, bro? You're 13 years old. I mean, how are you doing in school? Mm, all right. And, uh, I mean, it's been kind of hard with the pandemic, right? Yeah. I'm gonna tell you like this, and this is something that I, I I preach a lot. When I see a young man like Julius, this is a big boy right here for being 13. Yeah, that's a big boy. He's like a linebacker, though. Exactly. Yeah. Get into sports, man. Get into sports. Get into football, bro. Like, get into football. You got, you, you're 13. 17, 18, you're going to be a beast, a monster. Educate yourself, man. Believe in you. You have value. You do. Best thing you got before me and him is your age. You're very young. You have your whole life ahead of you. Get into sports. You know, surround yourself with positive people. People that are going to help you. You know, um... Hopefully your dad is in that, in, in that lane where he is rehabilitating himself and he's giving you advice to be a better person, to be someone that your mom can be proud of. You know what I mean? And I think sports is the best way to go. Like I said, you're a big boy. I didn't know you were 13. I thought you were like 21 or something when he came in. Yeah, you thought, right? he, was, you thought, you thought he was a bouncer. I right thought here. he was a bouncer. I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was getting ready to, you know. Yeah. You have to be at the door like this with his hands up, but yeah. you're a big kid, man, and, and use that to your advantage, bro. Educate yourself. Go to school. Learn. Learn. I'm telling you, bro. Education is power. Believe me when I tell you. You know, and I know it sucks right now because I'm going to be honest with you. I hated school. I hate school today. Right? But I'm willing to go back. I want to go back because I want to continue to grow. And you're young. So, man, make the best of it while you're young, bro, you know, and make your mom proud. Make your dad proud. Choose give, your, the, give your dad an opportunity for him to get his stuff together so he can come home to you. Yeah, choose the right road, baby. Mm -hmm. you know I mean, Julius, so you're always welcome here whenever you want to come through. You know, sometimes you might have to sweep the studio. <laughs> you know apprentice, what I mean? you'll be an apprentice, bro. You'll be an apprentice, but we'll, we'll, we'll teach you right here, bro, while you're here. You know what I mean? Uh, not everything... Will be looked at as the right way, but we'll let you know what's not right, you know. But I just want to let you know, bro, you have a support system right here at Hoodstocks, you know, because that's what we do, baby. You know, what I mean, we are here to uplift our people, man, our people. You know, what I mean, and sometimes people say, "How's Lucky talking about our people?" He's half fucking Jew and half Mexican. This is it right here, baby. This is it right here, dog. You know what I mean? I had someone speak on that recently, and that's why I, I, I kind of keep on reflecting back to that. You know, I give a fuck, dog, what color, race, whatever. If you're here for the good, then it's good, mm -hmm. you know? But Julius, I know you're shy, bro. You, you got a girlfriend, bro? No? <laughs> uh, mama, <laughs> mama said, uh-uh, I'm his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, hey. But so Julius has been supporting the podcast and sometimes I'm just like, damn, bro, I got young, young, young brothers, youngsters watching this podcast. And, and, so, and sometimes it makes me just check myself and redirect what I'm doing right here, you know, 
Because, you know, we'd like to have fun, you know what I mean? Lucky Howard Stern show right here, you know what I mean? Sometimes it gets crazy, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, you know what I mean? The message, our ultimate goal is the message to be positive and to uplift the youth, uplift the grown, and show a better way to fucking live. And excuse my language, bro, you know what I mean? But um, Julius, what are you doing this weekend? What are you doing 4th of July, baby? Talk to me. Mm, nothing. You gonna bust off some fireworks or what? No, legal, legal fireworks, legal. Come on now, legal. J Julius is a man of few words. I can see that, and it's okay. But one day, we're gonna teach you here to be vocal, because a lot of the culture, a lot of the raza, are very quiet. And if you want things to change, you gotta voice what you want changed. And not only, you, first you gotta voice it within yourself, right? Voice it within yourself. And then you put one foot in front of the other because action is everything. Because a lot of fools talk a good talk, you know? But you got, your pops ain't here, bro, but you got us right here, baby. You need anything ever, you got us right here. Hoodstocks Podcast. By the way, um, and if you don't mind me asking, what, what's his name, your dad's name? Matthew. Matthew what? Zamora. Zamora? Okay. I'll make sure when we leave that our life coaches up in Pelican Bay reach out to him. Okay? And put him on the right track if he's not on the right track yet. I think one of our best success stories is um, a few years back, we went into Pleasant Valley and we met this man. I'm just going to use his last name, Mr. Blanco. And uh, this kid was, was, was just stuck in the mud big time, bro. He didn't see a, you know, he didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, he was so lost. And um, one thing that uh, ARC, the founder of ARC, does w very well is uh, he reaches out to those that are in need. And this young man was very much in need. Um, you know, he, he was so caught up on drugs that he, you know, he, uh, you know, he, he went, he volunteered to go on, on, some, on some stuff to get himself out of the yard so he, he, could, so he can get clean. And um, he landed in the shoe in Pelican Bay. We went up there, we seen him, we talked to him, we told him we were there for him. We do whatever we can to help him. And today, man, he's out in the line right there in Pelican Bay and he's doing great, you know, because he knows that he has a support system. And I don't know if that's your dad's, where your dad's at, um, as far as the mentality, but we can do whatever we can to help him come home, you know. And it might not be right away because of the sentence, but he could, there's, Today, there is so much stuff that you can do in prison today that reduces your time. So much stuff, bro, since Prop 57 kicked in. If you get- What, what is Prop 57? So Prop 57 gives you incentives of, if, of programming, right? So for example, if you get, if he were to get his, uh, let's say he gets a degree, social behavioral science, they'll take off six months. And even though it sounds like six months ain't shit, but everything accumulates. It's all about the board date that he's going to get, right? Uh, they, they get what's called RAC credits, R-A-C, Rehabilitation Achievement Credits, where so many, months, so many hours of rehabilitation gets you a week closer to your board date. Like, there's so much stuff that they can do today, man, that they didn't have before. Even when I was in there, they didn't have that. Yeah. But now they're allowing them through programming, through the self-help groups, for these men to bring their sentences down to a minimum of where they don't have to serve for 25 years. 
right? They could serve less time, you know, and be able to come home. But you want to come home as a changed man because, again, what brought you to prison is not going to get you out, bro. That's just, that's the truth. That's the truth, you know. And, um, and this is why, you know, California believes, Sacramento believes in the work that we're doing because the credible messenger is going back in there. The person that was once in your shoes wearing those same blues is now wearing this and then allowing you to see, like, this is what change looks like, you know. So. Absolutely. Salute to that, dog. And real quick, I want to do this. I want to give a, a, I want to give a, a big salute to you, Julius, your mom, Bambi. And, uh, bro, you're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you off the half seat because I know you're uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And I just thank Plus, you for... I see him getting mad over here. Uh, thank you for having the courage to just, you know, sit here. This is something new to you, something you've never done, you know. But uh, life is about putting yourself in awkward positions, uncomfortable positions, you know. You put yourself in uncomfortable positions, then you're prepared for the next uncomfortable positions. Uncomfortable positions, excuse me, you know. And so next time we have you on here, bro, because we're going to have you on here again, bro. And people are going to be like, Damn. That's the same Julius that was on the first time? We, we, we grooming you right now, baby, for, for, for growth. And, and, and to speak on public speaking for kids that have lost their families, their fathers, to the system. Your pops was 17 years old, bro. You know, he, he didn't know what he was doing. Maybe he did, but to be accountable to serve 40 years in life for a crime you committed at 17 year old, years old is a hard pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to hear, bro. But I get it, because if there's victims, I don't know what the exact uh, ins and outs of the case was, but obviously it was, it was a serious crime, you know? But love your pops and understand that, that he is gonna grow from the situation and one day you and your pops will be reunited. One day you and your pops will re be reunited and you'll have your pops, bro. You know, he's going to be in your life again. It's not, it's not the end of the road. But during this time, you got to put your big boy shoes on and you got to make the right decisions. You got to man up. And I tell you this with the utmost respect, no pressure, but make sure you don't go down the same road your pops went down. Because the last thing you want to do is be a celly with your pops. And I talked to Caesar about this before. There's a lot of fathers that end up sellies with their sons. That's not gonna be you, right? Yeah. And one, one thing too, man, um, it's okay to be angry, bro. It's okay to be angry, you know, and disappointed. It's okay to be that. Don't think that, well, I don't want my mom to know, well, I don't want my dad to know. It's okay, bro. If you're angry because your dad put himself in that situation, it's okay. But also be understanding and forgiving. And know that at that time, when your dad did what he did, you know, one thing that they say, man, the, the, the brain hasn't fully developed until you're 25, until you're 25 years old. So a lot of us at 16, 17 are very impulsive, right? We don't think about the consequences. Well, now you know. Now you know that at 17, we got your dad caught up being impulsive. Right? Not thinking about the consequences, because that was me too. So it's okay for you to be angry, but understand that he put himself in that, and I'm pretty sure he's doing everything in his power, 
everything in his power to be out here for you. I promise you that, right? I promise you that. Don't be afraid to express that to him too. Don't be afraid to tell him, hey, Dad, you know, you, you, I, need a, I, need a, I need a role model. I need someone that I can look up to out here. And I don't want to, no disrespect to Lucky, but I don't want to look up to Lucky. I want to no. look up to you. Yeah. You're my father. You brought me into this world. So you got to show me what change looks like. And you got to get away from whatever got you to prison so I can see that. And you could come home to me and my mom. Does it land? Absolutely. Hey, Julius, thank you. Thank you. Ease them off that seat, baby. I mean, you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to open up the phone lines right now. I want to open up the phone lines. Let's go, baby. Phone lines are opened up. We got our first caller. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us, baby. They hung up. Phone lines are open. Let's go. Uh, a few of you guys are called. There we go. Another phone call. Let's go right here. You're on the Hoodstocks. Talk to us, baby. Hoodstocks. What up, brother? Hey, what's cracking, man? Salute uh, to both of you. Uh, so, Caesar, um, it sounds like you're doing the great work. Um, it's real inspiring, man. Um, but one thing that I want to touch on is uh, what is going on in the 180 or there's no love up there. Um, I'm not going to make it about me, but you know, I have done something in 180 yards and um, ain't no programs up there. Ain't nobody trying to help you out. And I went in the system myself as a young man, and uh, I might have been caught up in a situation where maybe peer pressure is real. Who knows? Like when we're young, we make bad mistakes. But when you're young in a situation like that, and this thing you want to change your life, you ain't really going to change your life in a 180 yard unless you drop out. Or because um, there's no program there. So my question to you is: Are they actually giving uh, uh, active homing on 180 yards? program uh yes they are i'm hoping so there's not that many 180s if i'm not mistaken i believe it's high desert and yeah. i don't know what other prison what, but i believe uh, it's just delano, 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 yeah. delano uh, so delano salinas valley we will have someone there we will have someone at the but you haven't had someone there yet no we haven't so okay. the only prison that we served as of today is calipatria sentinella ironwood donovan um, Corcoran, Kern, North Kern, and Pelican Bay. So that's eight. Okay, now when you say Pelican Bay, are you talking about active yards or yes, is all of all of the yards? Okay, Bro, um, we're even in the shoe. We have our life really? coaches going into the shoe, going into the shoe, incredible. and they're bringing these guys out. It was the funniest shit. They share some pictures of the graduations that they had when they before the pandemic hit. And these guys are in white jumpsuits, shackled, sitting in chairs right next to each other, bro. But it was I an mean, accomplishment in the shoe. Let's go. In baby. the shoe. Exactly. You, know what I mean? you know what? That's incredible. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna shout out uh, uh, CDC right now for actually allowing that to happen because a, a lot of times this becomes a business in these little farm towns <laughs> where they want to slam the homies down, the blacks down, the woods down. They want to slam everybody down because of job security. And the last thing they want to do is, is for some individual to feel like he's worth something. And, and like I said, Lucky knows what, what time it is. I do not speak just from speaking. Like, this is coming from a personal experience. So uh, I'm not saying the CDC system is, is all that bad, but I don't believe the R exists throughout the whole system. I honestly believe right now that they're doing all this 50-50 uh, um, yards because they know eventually, eventually – 
it's gonna happen. What's gonna happen? Um, maybe they could do that on the ones and the twos. Uh, maybe even some threes, but there's no way. There's no way. I mean, I hate to say this because I want the best for everybody, but there is no way you're gonna make certain people program with certain individuals, and it's not gonna happen. I mean, it's just not. What you're doing? And I agree with you, bro. This, this is what I believe in. I agree right? with you. This is what I believe in. When I went back into Solidarity. One of my good friends was telling me, hey, man, they're forcing us to go into these 50-50 yards, right? And look, I'm programming. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't want to put myself at risk when other people's intentions. And I get it. I, believe me, I understand exactly what they're saying. However, you can't look into the future. You can't do that. You just got, if, I'm a, I'm a, a true believer if what you put out into this universe is what you're going to get back. Absolutely. And if you've been a great person, a good person, a person that's rehabilitated, a person that's doing great, you're not going to be put in harm's way. That's just the way it is. I got a good friend of mine that was impulsive with me that said, hey, man, I'm going. Because you know what's important for me? My family. And when he got there, they pushed up on him. But, hey, man, if you're active, well, let's just get it out of the way right now. But if you're here to chill and, and, and go home, and, and he told me that. He shared that with me. He goes, man, I felt, I felt vulnerable, but at the same time, I know that I did the right thing because I did it for myself and I did it for my family. Yeah, you know what? Uh, let, uh, let me get one last thing in there, Lucky. Go ahead. Um, I ain't mad at any homies that, that got to do what they got to do for themselves. Um, their family, I get it. But to me, it just sounds like the system has changed a lot because, I mean, I, I remember back in the day where you might get a ticket that says, hey, you're going to this yard, and... You can't refuse it. Even if it's a no good yard, you can't refuse it. But mm -hmm. as, a, as a real tampolero, if that's what you're about, you know what you got to do when you get on that yard. And so if homies nowadays want to rub elbows and kick it and do what they got to do, I'm, and, hey, you know what? I'm out here, so I'm all good with it. I'm just glad that I'm not part of that mess. Mm -hmm. and it's not it's, it's a trap, elbows, bro. It's a trap, dog. But it's not the like to rub elbows. It's, it's the fact that people go there and do their own thing. But bro, why? But, but 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 let me ask you this, bro. And this is sticking up for the true campoleros that homie talking about, dog. Like, why, bro? Why can't you be solid, bro? But change, Here's homie, thing. and, and thing. not have to be subject to 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 rolling the dice, not knowing if it, this risk is going to be a calculated risk. You know what I mean? That you're going to get out from stepping down to a 50-50 yard, dog. You know what I mean? And then say you don't get out, now you're stuck with all these punk ass motherfuckers, dog. Like, why? 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 That's a trap, bro. No, it's not a trap. The he, fact he, of the matter is this. The fact of the matter is, if, you, if you're still that, what you're saying, the true compliment, if you're still that. I get it, bro. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say, bro. I get it, bro. I get it. But but why should these, like, why do why do you got to fucking just, like, throw a motherfucker in, in, in this scenario in order for him to get a fucking pro date, dog? Why can't these programs be offered 100% on these yards? It's why? Like, because it's like debriefing. Yeah, it's that's, like that's debriefing. Nobody likes to debrief, dog. I don't want to debrief, I mean, dog. Why, why, can't homies be, why, why can't homies be on an active yard? Because look, straight up, on a real active ass yard, and I'm not trying to get loud, but on a real active yard, you're on lockdown most of the time anyway. Anybody that's been somewhere knows that. So a lot of times your, your, your points are going to drop just because you can't program, because they slam you down like a dog. Okay, so why can't they give us the same uh, opportunity to, to um, basically to change our life? Because there's a lot of good men in the 180, and there's a lot of animals too. I get it 100%. There's a little bit of everything. 
Uh, so the ones that need to be there, fuck them. Keep them there because they've done some fucked up shit and they're not changing. But there's a lot of good dudes, too, that made a fucked up decision. And, uh, hey, man, you know what? Let, let, let me get an opportunity right here. Why do I got to basically debrief in order to get some kind of action to, to see the daylight? It, it, it's, like, it's like a trap, bro, because people think about it and they're like, bro, well, like, yeah, I'm changed. I'm not that person. But, damn, I don't want to go out to I don't want to go out to the I mean, check it out. This is just a perspective, bro. You you gotta you gotta go out to a fucking no good yard to catch a parole, and then what about the people that are gonna go back to the neighborhood, bro? That's a trap, bro. Oh, you now you're no good, bro. You know what I mean? Because you pro from this yard, you know what I mean? Then then then, then what about the safety for the fucking family and shit, bro? What if there's politics being pushed on in this neighborhood that you're living in and shit, bro? And now you're a fucking target, bro. Like it it, it just it, it sounds fucked up, bro. But just give these dudes their the the, the right of passage from where they're at well yeah i i commend what what caesar is doing like that's that's speederman it's all to the good um i didn't call us stir nothing up but i feel like uh somebody need to you know like hit a hit a few uh a few buttons there that you know to maybe get a real conversation started and uh lucky big dog i love what you do dog good stuff you already know what time it is caesar good luck god bless both of you and uh great show man love it thank you brother i appreciate you let's go to the next phone call Oh, you're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us, baby. Hey, I just want to talk about Julius. The kid you guys hit on? Yeah. Oh, I'm live right now? You're live, baby. Talk to us. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, I just want to say uh, I appreciate you guys. I kind of like uh, ran across the life. And uh, what you guys are doing for Julius and his mom, Bambi, I think it's a great thing, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, dog. Thank you for calling in, dog. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Turn the volume down in the background, baby. Oh, shit. It's Manzo. It's Manzo. Hey. I don't know. I'm fucked up, dog. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but fuck you, Lucky. I love you too, baby. Have a good day, dog. You know what I mean, happy Fourth of hey, July, dog. I want you to, I want you to sh- uh, shoot a uh, one of those skyrockets out your ass, bro. You know what I mean, I you know, and find a way you. that it shoots back into your mouth. You know what I mean, yeah, dog. Have a good time, dog. All right, thank you for calling, brother. You know what I mean, um, <laughs> uh, you know, but it's 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 a conversation. Well, hold on, here we go. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. You're on Hoodstock. Turn the volume down. Okay, next caller. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Hey, like, yeah, I had a call back, bro. This is uh, uh, the retired CEO again one time for your mind. Let's go, baby. Talk to us. Hey, hey, I um, wanted to speak on something that he said, and it, and it hit home big time. Is um, it, It's absolutely 100% a psych it's like a, it's an entrapment if you will i believe so because if if you're programming and then you say okay i want to go home i want to do this i'm going to hit this yard like you're going to be on the yard with bs and, and advice and everything else and you're right you got to go back to the neighborhood you have to go back and it's just it's just a vicious cycle and and every administration unfortunately is different even though cdcr cdcr policy states this the dom states that all administrations are different. All COs are different. Everybody's different. And I know they take the oath. I took the oath. But everybody does their, does their thing. And in the end, it's hard on the hemp. And that's why I urge 
people to really stay in touch with their people and do whatever they can because it, 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 it's hard. It, it, it's hard because prison has been there. It's going to be there right now and after. And, and I know we can shake our heads and be like, but no, man, it really takes everybody as a whole to look at administration. It really does. So it's so, so coming from a CEO, we got a CEO live on the line right now that's retired, and he he is agreeing that it is an entrapment. And you shook your head when he said that. Yeah, because no, I shook my head at what he said. He said you're going back to the hood. Yeah, you got to live in the neighborhood. Back to the hood. Why are you going back to the hood? You went back to your hood. You yeah, went to but, South Central. But, yeah, but I'm not claiming what but, I used to no, claim. No, no, I, I get I'm it, bro. I'm not going back to no, that. No, watch peak game. So you went, you went. No, I get that, bro. I, I get that, but if you're in a neighborhood where people know you and there's politics being thrown around, you can possibly be putting yourself so in harm's you way. So let me tell you this. Let's go. 25 years. Who the fuck is going to remember me after 25 years? <laughs> Your mama? That's it. That's it. Nobody else is going to remember you. That's the fucking issue that we've been having with all these older dudes because I had a dude in one of my groups that said, hey, man, well, I can't let go of my neighborhood. Because what if I get out and I get hit up? And then, I, you know, I don't want to say that I'm not from there no more. I says, dude, the people that you were at war with, that you were fucking with, well, you were, they're either dead, in prison, or have moved on. So these people that, that are going into these yards, that are rehabilitated, they're, they've been there for a long time. There's a reason why they're in a level one. That means they've been, they've been, they've been in prison for a long time, right? So they're not living that life anymore. They're not but being put in harm's way. So what I'm saying, because again, I'm the one that goes back in there. Me, I'm the one that goes back in. Not Lucky, not the CEO on the phone, not anybody else that's viewing, me. So I know these people that have been in there for 20 some years and they come at me and they tell me, and I tell them, bro, do you actually, like you think I would have went right back to where I came from? If I would have knew, if I would have known the dudes are still there? that I was funking with? No, because they're gone. They're gone. Some of the families don't live there anymore. These guys have done decades in prison. They're not there anymore. So everybody keeps thinking, oh, what about the future? Like you said earlier, you said, well, hey man, what if I don't go home? Then I'm stuck in this yard. Bro, you're gonna go home. If you're in a fucking level one, you're gonna go home. As a matter of fact, everybody that's in prison is gonna come home at one time or another. Because guess what? One thing that is not going to stop out of here is crime. Motherfuckers do stupid shit every fucking day. So that's never going right. to stop. Never. So all we need right now is to help the ones that are still in there to come home. To come home. Not to go back to their neighborhoods unless they're going to go back and preach some positivity. Then right. I will be like, but if you go back, Lucky, if you just did 20 years. Look, one of the hardest things for me to do when I was changing is to let go of who I was. Bro, I used to hang on to that shit by a string because I didn't want anybody, like, I didn't want to let go of who I was. But guess what? That shit that I was holding on to for so long had let go of me a long time ago, bro. Let's go, baby. A long Let's time go. ago. Let's go! But, right? But because I got a life sentence and motherfuckers, that, the shit that I was promised to me when I was in my hood, was like, fool, we're going to be there for you. We're going to take care of you. We're going to look out for you. How many money orders did you None. get? None. None. So I step out. I step out here in 2015. And one of my homies has a nerve to reach out to me. 
Hey, man, I heard you're home. Hey, man, I'm dead, bro. I'm dead. I don't even exist. Don't ever call me or reach out to me ever again like that. Motherfucker, you let go of me 25 years ago, and now you're going to reach out to me? Why the fuck you want to hang out with me for? Why am I so special? Forget about me, bro. I'm dead. I'm dead. The realest shit I ever wrote. You see what I'm saying? Who said so, that, Tupac? Yes. So that's why I say why I say, bro, my man says, hey, it's a setup. Believe me when I tell you, Bucky. Believe me when I tell you, it is not. It is not. If you really, on, on if you really, is, if you really about rehabilitation and changing and coming home to the people that really matter, which is your family, which is your mom, which is your dad, your kids, then you're gonna do what's necessary for you to come home, bro. Period. Period. I understand that, and I've seen it. All I'm saying is. There's a lot of men that it's a big struggle for them. Man, if I, do, if I do this, I'm not down anymore. I mean, who gives a fuck? Who gives I a fuck? That. Who cares? I understand oh, that. Lucky, I'm, just I'm saying, not down. I'm going to tell you right now. That. Hey, Lucky, I ain't down no more. What's up? I ain't no, down no more. I, I don't give a that. fuck. I said it's a struggle for them. It shouldn't be. Stronger. It shouldn't be. I understand because if your that, fucking family is. is important to you, you have to then that shouldn't be a problem. I went full A lot full of people, that's flesh. all they know, that guy is. Boom! That's all they know. Now, they don't have to know that. Guess what? There's ARC, there's friends outside, there's organizations I that are willing it. to you help you. To tell me that. All I'm saying is that it's hard for some gente to be like, man, okay, I got to do this. The worst because thing. it's not that easy. The worst. It's all they know. Bro, change is not that easy. What I just say right now, I was holding on to something, bro, because change wasn't easy for me. You were was, holding on to something man, to give a fuck about you. Bro, that bro, that broke wide a long time ago. You couldn't get a $20 money order. Bro, I couldn't get shit. The shit that I was promised, man, we're going to look out for you. We're going to do all that shit went out the window. You know what they did after I got arrested? I was replaced. I was replaced. Listen. I was replaced with another motherfucker that got jumped. As soon as he got jumped in, then you're out of sight, out of mind, bro. You're out of here. You're done. That's it. Listen, man. God bless you both. I hope everybody has the strength in them to do what they need to do. You have to have it in you, bro. You have, but I'm you, you you have to have... Everybody's different. And family. lucky, if I may, the, the young boy you have there, thank you so much, man. I remember I had a, a, a father on one tira, and his son was on the, on the third one. And one day I went up there, his son was, let's just say he was hanging, you know? I'm telling you, it's sad. So I God bless you, God bless that young man. That could be my son, my brother, and I, and I can't tell you the love I got for you, homie. Anything I can do, I will be there. Thank you, brother. I appreciate I your you. phone call, dog. I love you too, oh, bro. I love you, man. I love and you I don't too, want to disrespect baby. that man across from you. No, no, it's no disrespect. It's a conversation, dog. It's a conversation, brother. And conversations need Absolutely. to be had to have an understanding, dog. Right. One time, you know that, absolutely. And, and, not, and that's a problem when you have a conversation with somebody and, and, and they just like, nah, 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 I can't hear it, nah, they, they're not agreeing with me. No, bro, not all conversations are gonna agree with us, with you, with me, with him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That, that, that's the point of a conversation, bro, you know what I mean? To hear different perspectives, dog, you know what I mean? But dog, let me tell you, my G, and, and I hear what the fuck you're saying, dog, and, 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 and I, not only do I hear it from you, but I hear it from my people that are in there, bro. 
I hear it. They're like, they're like, look, I can get out, but they want me to be a PC, homie. I can't be a PC, bro, because this is what I've lived for 20 plus years, but I want to get out and I'm changed, dog. Why do they got to break me down to the motherfucking very last motherfucking syllable or whatever the fuck you want to call it, dog? I mean, why can't I just get out from here? But but, but you had the blessing to get out from a solid yard. Now, they're they, they putting these entrapments on. Call it what you want. You know what I mean? But you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I get what you're saying. What's more important, your family or this game? You know what I mean? But if it's all you know is the game, I get it, bro. Like you gotta, it's it's and really let's, and let's it's not forget, tough, bro. And let's not let's, let's, let's not not forget that the, that the, the the man doesn't have just somebody his mind and going on in his mind. He's got a big homie there. He's got somebody with the Yavis watching him. So it's a tough road. I God bless you both. I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect nobody here. I got love for the show. I got love for the for the young man. And you know, I'm putting the world on notice, man. Our people's coming up. Period. That's it. We coming up, baby. And the only way we can come up is to have conversations. Yeah, I mean to have I understanding. I love you too, baby. Thank you for calling in. Have I love a, that. I'm out, homie. I'll be I'll be checking in from time to time, homie. Thank I've you, brother. I've been watching some day one. Thank day you. one. Day one, baby. I appreciate you, bro. Love, respect to your family, to you. Have a, um, a great 4th of July weekend, dog. Get your barbecue on tomorrow, dog. I mean, just live your best life, sure, baby. because we got a big show on Monday. Yeah, we do. We got we got the homie from the from the Mongols that are coming on. We got, yeah, like, you know I watch him on Street Colors, too. I, I yeah. support all Rasa, man. Yeah, yeah. That's a good Thank one, you. guys. Thank you, brother. You too, dog. And these are great conversations, mm-hmm. bro. You know what well, I mean? I, and and I love, you know what I love about you, bro? I love, you know what I love about you, dog? And who would, who, like, bro, you, like, shit, homie, you passionate about your shit, baby. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, bro, like, like, and, and, and that makes you an individual. You know what I mean? There's so many people, we talked about suckers that run in packs. You know what I mean? You know, you, you got to stand your ground for what you believe in, even if the next man doesn't 100% believe in it. You know what I mean? And and, and it's hard, dog. It's not. This this shit ain't easy, bro. And, and Especially like, when you're programmed to a certain. The, the bottom line is this. I don't, I don't. I don't hold nothing against the CEO dude that just called in. That's that's his view, which is cool. That's his view. It's kind of crazy that, that a CEO would call in and say that. True. Though, huh? True. That is true. You know what I mean? Um, so I respect his view. I'm just saying that that people are not being jeopardized. If if you want to go home, like he that that's one thing that didn't land well with me when he said, "Well, you going back to the bro, I'm you know, I'll do respect to anybody. If you're going back to the hood, man, it's only a matter of time before you go right back in." Yeah. I work for the anti-recidivism, which recidivism means we're making sure that you don't go back to jail. What does recidivism mean? Again? So when recidivism is high, that means people that are getting out are going right back in. So we're anti-recidivism, which means we're going to help you, Lucky, or anybody that's coming out of prison to give them a career, an opportunity to do things right for once in their life out here. They're going to have a life coach. They're going to have a, a, a people, somebody that's going to reach out to them and show them, what do you want to do? We have people today that go through our program that work with GRIP that work manifest works, that do second chance, the, the apprenticeship program. We do whatever we can to help these men and women not recidivate all over again, right? So we bend over, so not only do we give them a platform for them to, to hang out, like before, like he said, they, they gotta go back to the hood. No, they don't. You know where the hood they can go to? ARC. There's a fucking, fucking room in there with the TV, they can watch Netflix, they can play ping pong, they can chill. They don't have to go back to that, bro. 
Right? Every year we have events where they, we take them to big, if you're a member, we take you to Big Bear for three days. You ain't got to pay shit. We take, right now, we're getting ready to schedule the Catalina. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, uh, white water rafting up in Sacramento. We're taking about 300 members. They don't have to pay nothing, and they'll be up there for four days. Everything paid for. We got Catalina trip coming up, right? We have all these events to keep these guys entertained, to keep them focused out of the street, out from committing crime. We have people in the Second Chance Apprenticeship Program that we know, we know, Lucky, that are probably not going to get picked up. Right? Be placed in the union. But at least for 11 weeks, they're with us. They're not doing nothing stupid out there in the street that's going to get them caught up again and go back to jail. Because that's what we don't want. What's the difference between ARC and the Victory Outreach Program? So Victory Outreach is a spiritual program. It's a Christian program. Right? It's, it's, How do you feel about that program? I mean... Whatever it takes? I, I, have, I have no, you know... I'm not either here or there. It's a Christian-based program. It's formerly incarcerated. It's former gang members. Um, I mean, I give the... I don't really know a lot about it. I know that uh, I have some family that has gone through there um, and that they, they've helped them in rehabilitation, in, in finding a spiritual foundation. But I don't know much, much about what they do. But you didn't need that route. No, but I do. I, I am not, Believe me when I tell you, I believe in God. I am a, I am a spiritual man. I believe in God. You know, I am a Christian. I like that there's, there's options, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people think that you need to go, you need to turn Christian, you need a Bible bang, you know what I mean, in order to change your life, you know what I mean? But I mean, I didn't, I mean I'm, I'm in touch with, 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 with God. I pray every morning, you know what I mean? And, 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 and that the, uh, the spiritual being, the spiritual, all the above is within myself. You know what I mean? I go to church mm -hmm. within myself. I don't feel like I have to uh, Bible bang. I don't have to do all that shit to change my life. You know what I mean? You, you got to have a spiritual foundation. You got to have something that you believe in that's positive. You know, I've run into a lot of people that say, man, I don't believe in nothing. Well, you believe when you sat on that fucking chair that was going to hold you up, right? Well, that's your higher power right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So as long as you believe in something good, bro, you're good. You're good. You don't have to have the Bible, but for people, for a lot of people, it does work. For a lot, they don't, and it is what it is. But for me, I believe in God. You know what I mean? I'm not a church goer, like you said. I'm not a bubble timer, but I do believe in God because every fucking day I wake up and I'm blessed, bro. I don't get up and count my problems. I count my blessings. If I were to get up tomorrow and be fuck, man, this fucking life I'm living sucks, then fuck, man, send me back to prison. Well, send me to hell or whatever the fuck you want to send me. But every day, man, I get up with a great attitude and I get up blessed because I have a great girlfriend. I have a great family support. I have a great network of friends that I chill with. And it sucks to say sometimes that I spend more time with my friends than with my family because I can relate more to my friends because these are the people that I was in the trenches with. These are the people that I fucking did decades with that I know more of them than their own family does. You know what I mean? But we still make it an effort to do family functions, right? Because we don't want the families to feel some type of way. And I've gotten that from my family, and I've gotten that from other families' friends that are like, wow, oh, he doesn't spend enough time with us. I get it. You know, and you have to be, this is where you become understanding that maybe he relates more to us than with you, but we're here. So let's do it. You feel me? Yeah. So it's all about blessings, bro. Counting your blessings instead of your problems. You know, being grateful every fucking day. You said it earlier. When that shit went down in Florida, some people were asleep. That means them people never woke up again. 
and they're gone. They're dead. You know, I can go to sleep tomorrow and not wake up and I'm done. But because I'm waking up and I can talk and I can walk and I can see and I can smell and I can eat. Fuck, I'm blessed, bro. What else do you want? Let's go. Whew. Very heavy. Very, very, very heavy subject. Uh, heavy conversation. Uh, Preston, did you want to say something, bro? I was just going to touch on that, uh, that whole yard thing, but it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. You're good, because I seen you step out the motherfucking uh, 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 co-pilot uh, cock seat. <laughs> Casey sits in. Casey sits in the cock seat. He wanted to show off his tattoo. <laughs> he, did, uh, he, got, he got that new tattoo, you know what I mean? Um, this has been amazing, bro. This has been uh, very, very fruitful. You know, bro, I, I, I love everything about you, bro. You know what I mean? The passion. Um, I love what you're doing, brother. You know what I mean? And, and we need more brothers like you to, to raise up, you know what I mean? And promote awareness and help the next man out. You know, I, 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 there's, it's, it's, I get the part of in regards to having to step down to a fucked up yard in order to see your fucking family. I mean, especially if that's all that you know, that is that, I mean, there's, there's choices in life. You didn't have to be put in that position. Mm -hmm. You were able to do it how you did it. You know what I mean? But, but it seems like there's a lot of cats in the system that are being pressed to say, hey, check it out. Let me ask you a question real quick before we get out of here, bro. We're, we're in uh, two and a half hours right now. I mean, how do you, how do you feel? The, so the system is changing. The, 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 the uh, what do you call it? Um, the non-active, there's no more non-active yards than there is active yards. You know, but it, it, it sounds like from these non-active yards are fucking like a wild, wild west, bro. Yeah. They crazy as fuck. They inventing new gangs, bro. You yeah. know what I mean? The two fivers and all this shit, bro. Like, it seems like it, it, the, the, the non-active yards are more detriment to the system than the fucking active yards because all these dudes are buck fucking wild. There's no fucking reglas. You know what I mean? It's just off the fucking hook. I mean, what is your take on that, bro? Yeah, that's that's scary, bro, because, um, I, and I feel you, I understand that there is, you know, there there's some uh, yards where they have all these, uh, these, these made-up gangs that people created inside prison. And, uh, man, I, I mean, those are the upper levels because, believe it or not, they also have... Uh, upper levels and higher levels for for those SMY high power yards. Um, they have they have so many gangs that they created, bro. That it's just insane. It's insane. It blows and, your and, mind, huh? Yeah, and 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 this is why I understand. And I believe that a lot of people feel the way they wait, the way that they feel about those yards because of these people, right? A bit about these people that created these new gangs. I mean, However, is, it, is it really a rehabilitation yards when you're going to a yard that's worse than the yard you came from, no. and they're no good yards? So this is the difference between. This is the difference between those yards, like the level ones. They don't have all those two fibers and all those zapatistas and all this shit that they have on these on these uh, upper level yards. They don't have those because they don't make it down there, right? They don't make it down there. This is just the people that decided to say, you know what, man, I don't want to deal with the BS. I'm gonna go over here, finish my time, and go home. That's that's what that's who's in these level ones. That's who's over here. Right, they don't have all these two fives and these these independent writers and all this. I don't even want to say their names because they, I don't want to promote them. But they have all these crazy fucking made up gangs over there in, in the SMY side, right? And even though they have all these made up gangs out here, there's still people doing shit that they're supposed to do to come home. There really is, you know what I mean? It's just the fact that they're in those same yards and 
because the politics, the politics has always been where if you're in that yard or if it's red flagged, you're, you're fucked, right? So now in 2021, a lot of people are saying, well, look, I'm going to a level one yard, a level one 50-50 yard, right? Where I don't, even though it's considered whatever is considered, um, I'm gonna go over there and finish off my time so I can go home. That's it. It's not about, the mentality is not there about, well, if I don't go home, then I'm stuck here. No, that's not the mentality. See, the, the reason a lot of people have issues with these yards is because they feel that when they come back out and they get rearrested, that they're gonna be put back on the main line and they're gonna get fucked up because they were in those yards. Well, guess what? That should be your motivation to stay your fuck out of prison. That should be your motivation to sit there and say, man, I'm gonna turn the cheek and just say, you know what, I'm cool, I'm out of here, and I don't want no issues. Because you know that if you go back, you're gonna get fucked up, right? So that should be a motivation for you right there and then. The fact of the matter that people think that, well, when I come back, you're already defeating yourself, mentally. You're defeating yourself. Because I'm pretty sure when you came home, you didn't defeat yourself. You didn't say, well, whenever I, if I ever come back, I wanna make sure I come back and I'm in a GP yard because I parole from a GP yard and I'm good. That was never your thought process or else you would have been defeated already. It was actually, it was actually my thought process, bro. I never wanted to, if, because there's always a what if. What if, I never rule out a what if, bro. So just to uh, contradict what you're saying, bro, that was my thought process, that's why. But then again, that, that, the, the time that I was in, in the CDC, I pro from Calipat Four Yard in 2006, July 31st, 2006, and the last prison that I was at was ADC, dog, you know what I mean? So back then, bro, when I pro from CDC, there wasn't uh, those things Re going on, bro. Yeah, there wasn't all those fucking SNY yards and all that other shit, bro, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it was a never, it was never a thought in my mind. Why? Because I was never uh, in this era of, of, of yards having 50-50 yards and everything like that because it's just a new thing to me. I get this information from cats coming out and shit, dog. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's it's easy to speak about it if you've never been in the situation. You know what I mean? For, but for the cats, and so you weren't put in that situation. So I would say it's a little easier for you to speak. But I get your mindset. Your mindset is if you really want to go home, you're going to do what the fuck you got to do to go home. Even though I wasn't put in that situation? I was still going into SNY yards and facilitating groups. And, and, and so, I remember the first conversation from one of the dudes in Ironwood telling me, because this was a conversation, right? And as soon as I walked in, it says, hey, man, if you don't mind me asking. Like, they didn't know how to ask me, but, like, what did you, like, how did you parole? And I, what do you mean? And I knew what he was talking about, but I wanted, I wanted to get it out of him. He's like, yeah, you know, like, like, how did you, like, what do you mean? What do you mean how to parole? Tell, just ask me. Was, well, you asked him why or GP? I go, well, I was GP. And he says, well, man, well, wait a minute. So you coming back in here and helping us? I says, yes, bro. This is my job. This is what I do for a living. I'm going to fuck with you, GP or S and Y. I'm going to help you come home if you deserve to come home. Because it's not me for me to judge, but I'm here to do the work with you. And if you're accepting of the work that we're doing to help you figure some stuff out, because, again... I'm not here to change you. I'm here to show you what change looks like. That's what I'm here to do, right? And what worked for me might not work for you, but I'm still here. I'm still sacrificing my family. I'm sacrificing my free, I'm sacrificing me. I could have been doing something else right now. I could have been in your union, but I chose to be out here in the fucking desert four days a week 
so I can be there for you. You know why? Because I care. When you don't care, I care. I do. I care for you, bro, just like your family cares for you. So when are you going to care for yourself? And it lands for him, bro. It lands for him. You know what I mean? And, and like I said, when I go in there, I, do, I put all my feelings to the side. And I do my job. I do my job. Well, it sounds like they got the right man in the position to do uh, that job. You know what I mean? You know, and I, I want to salute you, my G, for uh, just coming on and being transparent, not being scared to talk your shit, homie, and to speak your peace, dog. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, it, this is obviously coming from a changed man. You know what I mean? A changed man can speak uh, the way you're, you're speaking, bro. You know what I mean? And I just want to let you know, on behalf of Hoodstock's podcast, homie, we appreciate the work that you're doing, bro. I, I want to get you my, my homie's information, dog. I want to try to get him out. We want to try to get fucking uh, uh, Julius's pops out. You know what I mean? We want to try to get, you know what I mean? And, and, and according to me, I want to get all the solid homies out. You know what I mean? You know, but I know you, you know what I mean? You're just trying to get everybody out. And that's dope, bro. You know what I mean? You know, as you should. You got the right man in the position to do that job bro you know what I mean and um you know I I, I don't want to feel like I don't want to I, I mean maybe it, it, they everybody is in a position they, they the people in charge find the right people to do the right job and obviously they they got you bro so salute to you on that bro you know what I mean there's a lot of people that aren't gonna like to hear this bro saying hey you know what I'm not just getting the solo I'm trying to get everybody out you know what I mean and, and hey everybody gets a shot you know what I mean it's only it's, I guess it's only fair, you know what I mean? If, if you like to hear that or not. Well, hold on now, hold on. Go ahead. <laughs> to say it like that, hold on. Go ahead. I honestly believe, and this is me not being, I'm, well, I know it's going to sound like I'm being judgmental, but there is people that do belong in there still. You know yeah. I mean? I'm not going to say who, but there is people that still belong, but there is also a lot of really good people inside that, just, that deserve a second chance. Yeah, I know that. There's a lot of people that have done some horrible shit, that man, that maybe they don't, and maybe they haven't changed, and maybe they see what they did was right, and whatever. Um, and I don't want. Maybe it's gonna sound like I'm judgmental, but I just honestly believe my opinion. Like there is people that that just still deserve to be out there, um, but there is a lot of good people, man. Absolutely, you dog. Hey, let's get this phone call right here. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Oh, what's up? What's up, Lux? What up, G? Talk to us. All right, man. Um. So I had a, um, one thing for Caesar, bro, that, that shit was, that's good, though, you know, my boy, he doing good, you know, he, he's helping out and shit, you know, that's what's up, you know, but, uh, I got a, I got a question for you, man. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've, I've listened to, you know, a lot of your podcasts, you know, with, um, one of your boys that was the Pelican Bay, you know, loves the, the chunky females and shit, you know, the Marvelous and I say, I listen to all of them, well, a good amount of them, you know. And um, I've heard you talk about, you know, yourself, you know, meaning as to, you know, your, that they should do for work and shit. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a young man, you know, I'm, I'm a youngster, I'm only 21, you know, and I got, I got my family going, you know, I got my, I'm married, you know, I got my wife, I got my kid, you know. And um, I want to know, like, how, how you got to that stepping stone where you're at right now, you know, meaning as to, like, the, the work you're doing, you know, because I see and I and I like it, you know. I'm like, man, that's like I want to ask you this question so much, you know, and, and I'd be like, you know, trying to ask you, you know, but yeah, I want to know how how it is you got there because I would want to do some shit like that. No, bro, you know? it was it was so, one of the hardest things I've done in my life, bro. 
the lifestyle, bro. Because I was I was in love with the lifestyle. Yeah, I was addicted to drugs, you know. But but more import more importantly, I was addicted to the lifestyle, dog. So what you got to do is you got to separate yourself from the lifestyle. You got to become a, a hermit. You got to become someone that has no friends. You know, you got to be, you got to live with yourself. You know, because once you live with yourself, the only person that can fuck yourself is yourself. You don't got to, when, once you cut everybody off, there's no liabilities around you. The only liability is yourself, you know, and, 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 I'm, I'm trying to I'm going to try to keep this short, bro, but I'm going to do a podcast, bro, on how I did what I did, bro. But the biggest thing that I can tell you, bro, is I cut off the world. I was free to the free in the world, but I cut the world off, bro. And I focused on myself, you know, I, I, I like just like you got a bunch of noise around you right now. You got to cut all that noise off around you, bro. You know, what I mean, and, and, and you need to be in your head and you need to guide yourself if there's no one else to give you positive uh, guidance, you know what I mean? Support system is huge, bro, you know what I mean? And you and you need to put in the work, bro, you know what I mean? The work, and sometimes the work is, is hard and it's heavy and it's what you don't wanna do if you gotta get up at 3.30 in the morning to get to work, you just gotta do it, dog, you know what I mean? Uh, you gotta just like not care what everybody thinks around you or says around you, bro, you know what I mean? You gotta be very careless, you know what I mean? Uh, in regards to just the people around you, right? Not careless in what you do, but just, the the people around you that, that once upon a time ago planted this poison, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I was the poison, bro, you know what I mean? You know, people didn't want people around me because I was the bad influence, you know what I mean? You know, so it, it, it's, it's it, there's levels to it, baby, you know what I mean? And one day I'm gonna do a podcast, dog, and I'll give you all that information. I'll give you my recipe, what worked for me, but first and foremost, bro, it's just cutting off the whole road around you, bro, and, and, and staying the course, baby. Staying the course, being strong-minded, not letting anything, any words, anybody misguide you from your uh, journey, your purpose of what you feel your worth. You gotta feel you're worth something. If you don't feel you're worth something, then you're forever gonna be asking for acceptance for the ones around you. And the ones that you're acting, asking for acceptance around you is, is, is possibly shit that's lying in the dirt. You know what I mean? And how are they gonna help you? Or how should you, uh, 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 how should you value their acceptance when they're, they don't care about their own fucking life, bro? You know what I mean? So sometimes I know I can be a contradiction on maybe a conversation I'm having with homie right here, you know what I mean? Because basically what I did, uh, I did it in another type of form of how he is he is saying, you know what I mean? You know, but I gotta challenge the homie on different perspectives. You know what I mean? It's not that I'm disagreeing with them, but we gotta have the conversation because I understand what 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 the thought process thought processes on both sides of the fucking fence, dog, you know what I mean? Now, now, and there's good homies, dog, that are on the other side, bro. They got fucked on, 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 on certain situations. Maybe they got politicked on, bro, you know what I mean? And they had no way out but to go the other side or whatnot. There's different scenarios, bro, you know what I mean? And, and, and shit happens sometimes, bro. It's a game, bro, you know what I mean? And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, you know what I mean? But, I, you know, one day I'm gonna get to that, bro, but check it out, you 21 years old, baby, you got a wife, you got a family, you know what I mean? Keep all the bullshit away from you, bro, and you shall succeed, dog. Educate yourself. Education was my, my huge thing, bro, because I was dumb as fuck, bro. You know what I mean? I got a GED at 35 years old, dog, you know what I mean? And once you start educating yourself, you start computing, rewiring your mind, bro. You gotta rewire your thought process. My thought process was 
fucked up, dog. Sometimes people would be talking to me, and I'd be thinking about the most weird shit instead of paying attention to what the fuck was coming out their mouth. Or you know what I mean? My my, my thoughts yeah, were so no, fucked up that. and all over the place, bro. You know what I mean? You gotta rewire yeah. your fucking brain, bro. So I had it took me years, bro, to rewire my brain. And to this day, bro, I'm still rewiring my brain, bro. It's it's never it's a never ending fucking thing, dog. You know what I mean? And, and so you just just stay the course, baby. You keep negativity away from you, dog, because that's poison, bro. You know what I mean? For you and your family, dog. You know what I mean? Whatever feels good, go with that shit, dog. And that's positivity, baby. You know what I mean? But I'm gonna I'm gonna do. Someone asked me to do a, a podcast on how I did what I did, dog. And it was a long journey, and it was a lonely journey, dog. But the lonely journey, dog. You know what I mean? As you as you progress in your journey, you will meet new people and have people around you that that are gonna uh that are gonna water your soil instead of fucking you know what I mean not yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if, if better lack of words, you know what I mean? But anyways, brother. No, 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 I understand, I understand. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, yeah, man, I was. If I could say oh, yeah. something too, kid. Look, man, be secure about who you are. When you make those changes, be secure about who you are today. One thing that haunted me as a child was I was very insecure, man, of who I was, right? And I was afraid to speak up, and I was afraid to, to, to make those changes, and I was afraid because I was afraid how people were going to view me. And yeah, if you're secure, you're 21. Like I said it, and I told this to other 21-year-olds, even 13-year-olds, man, you don't have to go and do the shit that we did. That shit's already done for you. What you need to do now is do stuff like what Lucky's doing, right? Putting positivity out there, bringing a light, like, like, you know, making, making a difference, putting stuff in people's paths that they can use in their future. So what you're seeing with him is something positive. Be secure about that when you embrace it. Embrace it and run with it. Don't give a fuck if people don't like it. Don't give a fuck if people, if you separate yourself from, from them, it don't matter. The only people that should matter, it should be your family. My family. That's yes, it. Sir. That's the only people that matter. You know? So, so whatever you choose to do in life, man, run with it. Be secure about it. You know? And if you need help, boom, you just ask for help right now. He gave you jewels right now. You should be taking notes. He taking notes on this shit. He should charge you for that too. <laughs> Free, baby. Right? But Just hit the like button. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But again, you know, it's an opportunity for you to now you have your whole world, you have your whole life ahead of you. You're 21. Your whole life ahead of you. You could do amazing things out here. You guys are our fucking future. You know? You guys are our future, yeah. man. You're good, baby. Yeah, man, honestly, man, I was um fucking. I would, I would tell my, I would tell my wife about the podcast and shit, and I'd be trying to get her her perspective, you know, like especially with the the marvelous one. Man, I had a lot of questions on that shit, you know. But um, yeah, man, I I got one more question though, Lucky. When you gonna when you gonna do a podcast on yourself, you know, like well besides um like your you know like work wise and shit like that, you know, like about you. But who's gonna who's gonna going interview me? You know? Who's gonna interview me? Cause you know me, I'll push back. Yeah, I'm know. not afraid to push back. <laughs> yeah, he ain't. I ain't afraid to push back. Yeah. So I'll interview if you want me to, bro. Just yeah. say the say the date. Yeah, we can do it, bro. Yeah, I need. I'm I need, down I to want do it. Interview, I want to see an interview with, with Lucky. That's, yeah, we'll do it, baby. Because all the all the podcasts I've done, they just turned into a motherfucking just <laughs> circus, bro. You know what I mean? Just clocking, yeah, yeah, clocking shit. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, but I we, seen that other one with you too, dog. But uh, um, yeah, that one, dog, and um, uh, well, marvelous too, shit, cause um. The last time when I when I listened to the podcast with you and Marvelous, you guys were talking about it's more like 
like learning, you know, like facts and shit, you know, what you guys agree upon, what, you know, what have you. But I want to get to know his background story and how he came about where he's at now, you know? We Not go. just um, studying and shit like that, you know, I want to see more about him, you know? Absolutely, bro. You know? Yeah, we're going to do it, baby. I appreciate you, dog. Stay the course, dog. Keep your head up, dog. And uh, just like, you know what I mean? Uh, keep them fleas off you, dog. Keep them fleas off you, dog. You know what I mean? Straight up, dog. I mean, is it, the last thing you want to do is be scratching all day long on your motherfucking coat, homie, trying to get them fleas off you, dog. You know what I mean? That shit is yeah, horrible, yeah. bro. You know what I mean? And the fleas are all over the place, dog. And and the dirt loves the dirt, baby. You know what I mean? Uh, sometimes the hood, they're just like, if you ain't laying in the dirt with me, then they got something bad to say about you, dog. You know what I mean? Grow, baby. Uh, just uh, you know what I mean? Just just plant them seeds, dog. Keep on growing, dog. You got this, baby. And anytime you need to holler at me, you need to holler at the homie, anything, dog, for any type of advice, dog, we got you, baby. So I appreciate you, dog. Have there, a good 4th of July saying, weekend. That they're saying is that misery loves company, man. Yeah, yeah. And when people are miserable, bro, they want you to be miserable just like they are. Shake them, man. Yeah. Shake them like yeah, a bad that's, habit. That's facts, man. Yeah. Shake them like that's a bad habit. All right, my G. Stay up, dog. Love, respect. All right, man. Yeah, dog. Southgate, stand the fuck up. There we go, baby. All right, dog. We are uh, damn near three hours in this bitch, dog. Thank you, dog. Well, give, give, give all your plugs, bro. How people can contact you, dog. Well, yeah, you know, uh, ARC right here, big bro. Um, all you have to do is go on the website, Google it, Anti-Recidivism Coalition. It comes up. It shows the work that we do. Um, if you have any family, any family members, whether they're men or women, and, um, you know, they need the help to come home or they need some curriculum, or whatever we can do for them, man, just give me a holler. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Um, you know, give me more work. I ain't tripping. Uh, one thing that we did when the pandemic hit, we made these videos that uh, me and my coworker bouncing stuff off each other off a self-help group. And, uh, man, that opened up. Like, I received so much mail from that at work. And it gave me extra work. And at times, I was like, man, this is shit's too much, bro. I'm fucking tired. <laughs> but I would get those letters in return and said, hey, man, you made a difference. Like, your video really made a difference. Like, this was good shit. Like, I understood how you guys broke these steps down for me, and I understand it now. And then I would read that, and I'd be like, fuck. All right, well, I can't sit there and throw in the towel now. Yeah. I got to keep pushing. You got to keep going, baby. You got to keep going, dog. And, uh, yeah. hey, my boy, just, like, keep on, keep on, keep on flourishing, baby. Keep on growing. Keep on, uh... You know, giving back to this community, dog. Keep on getting the motherfucking lifers out, bro. And uh, I just want to say thank you so much, baby. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you, dog. Everybody give it up for Caesar. Yeah. That was dope. That was dope. We, 